My name is Lex, and this week on Spidey Signals, me, my co-host Alex, and special guest Brian Alexander discuss Toei's Spider-Man, Antifa, and some of the best monster designs you've ever seen. Get ready to face the Emissary of Hell, because it's time for Spidey Signals. Welcome back to Spidey Signals, the podcast where two guys with the same name talk about Spider-Man. I'm Lex. And I'm Alex. Uh, Last week, we had a a very riveting discussion about everyone's favorite comic arc, The Clone Saga. Uh, I I had so much fun talking about it that I, for a second thought last week, was uh, Amazing Spider-Man 77. (laughs) My brain was totally like, no, we we didn't do a Clone Saga episode. I've already tried to forget it. I I genuinely because I didn't have my list of what I was had to be done pulled up. I like almost forgot what we did last week. <laughs> it's uh, it, it's quality. Everyone loves it. It's great. It's it's a lot. Uh, but this week we're talking about actually a different television thing, like uh, Spider Man seventy seven. Uh, we're gonna talk about the 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 Toei Spider Man show. Uh, and we've we've got actually for the first time, for real this time, a second guest on the podcast because when we tried to do the seventy seven episode, uh, uh, extenuating circumstances prevented uh, our guest from appearing on that episode. We do have a, another guest this time. Uh, it's it's our old friend. If you remember last season from the uh, Avengers Infinity War Avengers Endgame episode, uh, it's uh, it's Brian Alexander. Uh, Brian, welcome back to the show. Oh my god! Oh my god! Here I am. It's the man himself. Atlanta's it's finest. Him. Atlanta's finest. Well, I mean... Stand, let, for, the, stand I, for the troops. May, may, maybe Atlanta's like third? Nah. <laughs> I mean, everybody, everybody, everybody else fucking comes, goes there for the fucking tax credits. So you're, you're, there, you're there, presumably born and bred. You're fucking... You're in it. Oh, yeah. Right, right in the middle of it. Uh, I, I decided to ask Brian on uh, this episode of the podcast specifically because for the entire time I've known him, uh, Brian tends to, it, I, I say this with the most respectful, like loving way possible, Brian will find something and he will become the master of knowing about it. I, everything I know about slasher movies, I learned from Brian Alexander. Everything I know about Godzilla, I learned from Brian Alexander. Uh, I could not think of somebody that not only probably knew more about it than me offhand without having to do the research I've done for this episode, but anybody that I would rather discuss this kind of thing with in a long form discussion format podcast. So I'm, I'm thrilled to have Brian here for this one. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's going to be great. Uh, Brian, why don't you, why don't you tell everybody, you know, who you are, uh, and, uh, you know, what you do. Uh, so yeah, um, I, I'm living in Atlanta, Georgia right now. I'm right in the thick of it, you know, like trying to make my way in the film industry. Um, you know, I've worked on all kinds of stuff by now. I've done music videos. I've been on film sets, mainly as an extra, but, you know, I was still there. Uh, I worked on American Idol for a little bit. That was awful. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it was like the worst thing I've ever had to work on. If you're just like, oh my god, I want to be on American Idol one day, my answer is don't. It it is awful, and um, 
Uh, in the meantime, I've been making my own little, you know, like low budget productions. I'm hoping to, I'm hoping to produce a, uh, like a horror anthology film by the end of next year. So hopefully that all works out. Absolutely. Um, feel free to plug Sat Saturn Hex as much as you'd like. Uh, that's oh, that, like. that, that company dissolved. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, mean, oh, even, I mean, even the, even the old stuff to watch on it. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but, um, oh, sorry. Uh, I, I just want to uh, punch in real quick. Uh, what, just a sort of little behind-the-scenes thing. Whenever uh, Alex first asked me to hop onto this podcast, I was hounding him, like, every couple of weeks. Hey, we should do an episode on Toei Spider-Man. We should do an episode on Toei Spider-Man. <laughs> like, I, I wanted an excuse to watch this show so goddamn bad. And and with the nature of this uh, second season being just more, I don't know, tangential, bizarre. I don't know. It's what the it's, right it's word a is. it's a grab it's a grab bag season. Yeah, we we were exploring all the weird nooks and crannies of of what this franchise has made outside of just the Toby McPeter movies. We're we're, we're, we're waiting we're waiting for the we're waiting for the 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 movies to come out. So you know we gotta we gotta fill up the time with something. And there is the well is not dry. There is lots of weird shit to talk about, which brings us to this week. <laughs> exactly. Uh, this week we are talking about the Toei Spider-Man TV show. Uh, this was released on Japanese television uh, from May 17th, 1978 to March 14th, 1979. Uh, obviously, it was created by the Toei Company, who are best known for doing stuff in the realm of uh, children's television on stuff like uh, Kamen Rider and Super Sentai and Metal Heroes. All really, really great stuff. I would easily recommend it to anybody if you if you like, you know, fun, dumb superhero action stuff. Uh, but the show itself was developed by two guys, uh, Shozo Uehara and Susumu Takaku. Uh, the episodes that we watched in particular were episodes one, two, six. Uh, the movie, quote unquote, which is basically the length of a regular episode, uh, but it was shown at uh, Toei's Film Festival in, I believe, 78. Uh, and then after that, we watched the last two episodes of the entire series, uh, 40 and 41. Uh, so, 1, 2, 6, and the movie were all directed by Koichi Takamoto, uh, and 40 and 41 were directed by Yoshikaki Kobayashi. Uh, Shozo Uehara wrote episodes one and six. Susumu Takaku wrote uh, episode two, the movie, and episode 41. And Mikio Matsushita wrote episode 40. As for our cast, we've got Shinji Toto as Takuya Yamashiro slash Spider-Man. Uh, Rika Mura as Hitomi Sakuma. Mitsuo Ando as our villain Professor Monster, which is a great name. Uh, Yuki Kagawa as our sort of second-in-command, uh, Amazon S. Uh, Izumi Oyama as Shinko Yamashiro, uh, who is Takuya's sister. And uh, Yoshiharu Yabuki as Takuji Yamashiro, uh, Takuya's little brother. Uh, yeah, I guess we can go into uh, personal experiences here about this, this television program. Uh, Alex, do you have any, any, any experiences with this in the past? 
Not with the show at large. Um, I'm going to show like the a, a hint of my age here. I'm not an elder like Internet user or anything. I was born in 96. I'm not, you know, ancient. I can't remember if it's YouTube or a YTMND I saw years ago where there was a, like just some bullshit like YouTube poop. It must have been YouTube then where it, it used a lot of elements from this. And I think I must have seen it, laughed at it, remembered it and not thought about it in like a decade. Um my grand connection to this is just out of like internet relevance, I guess. Hey, you know about that weird Japanese Spider-Man show? Oh yeah, I know about it. I just never seen it. Uh, I do not regret dipping my toes into into figuring out what the hell this is. I'm very happy with it, and that's coming from somebody that did not. Uh, I'm one of the rare people that I know that really doesn't care all that much about either Sentai or didn't grow up on Power Rangers, that kind of thing. I just have no connection to it. I fucking love this. Uh, yeah. That's my personal experience there. That's 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 fair enough. Uh, as for me, uh, I, I'm sort of in the same boat as Alex. I'm a little younger than him, uh, but still, you know, we had we had comparably similar childhoods. Uh, I heard about this all the time. Basically, everyone I know uh, on the computer zone who talks about Spider-Man talks about this show in particular a lot. And even when I got into like Super Sentai and Kamen Rider and stuff like that and Metal Heroes uh, back about four years ago, four or five years ago, uh, I just I still never touched this show. It was sitting on my hard drive. It was sitting on my hard drive for the longest time. And I just I, I never really did anything with it. Uh, but now with, you know, with this season, I finally have an excuse to at least watch a couple episodes uh and it's yeah it's it's really exciting uh brian what what do you, what are your sort of personal experiences with this television program um for me it wasn't all that too different it was always just something that kind of existed in my peripheral because much like you i also am a fan of you know old old toku shows but i was kind of on the opposite end where my interests were less in like Common Rider and Sentai and other shows like that. My my interests were more in you know like just more generalized kaiju stuff. So I was always Godzilla, Gamera, and I recently really have started getting into Ultraman. So I'm starting to get into more like the hero like sector of you know like this genre. And it was it was always just something that was just like man that that looks like fun that that looks like something I would enjoy. Yeah, it's it, it's whereas we're going to obviously talk about it. It's a, a lot of fun. Uh, so, Alex, do you want to just kind of take us away with the plot here? Absolutely. Uh, we begin. We're, we're talking about six episodes here today where we begin with the series premiere. The time of revenge has come. Beat down Iron Cross group. Uh, all, love... all the all the fucking episodes titles are fantastic. They're all great. They do this in every episode. They're like these long ass sentences of shit. Yeah, usually a run on or an incomplete sentence. Uh, just just enthusiasm and everyone. It's great. It, it's never it's never called. Oh, this one's not called uh, Bokun Ryu because that's the name of the monster in it. No, it's called fucking this twelve word ass title. That My you favorite. Know, Sorry, um, my favorite thing is that uh, I, I, I watched this on archive, uh, you know, uh, archive.org. And so, as did I. 
the translations for the episodes are also not that specifically great so no so not only is it like a 12 word like run-on sentence it's really broken like poorly translated which makes it even funnier in my opinion oh yeah yeah and already, like before we even get to the actual plot of the episode, the fucking theme song for the show is fantastic. Oh, god. oh my yeah. god! It um, I... we talked a lot about the funk of um that the American '77 Spider-Man brought to the table with its very uh, its its wah pedal guitar and it's it, you know dripping with that cop show feel. This is something else entirely. I've said in a few previous episodes that, oh, yeah, that that was a real earworm. I found myself humming it. I think my partner is going to kill me if I turn to them one more time and go, Spider-Man. Uh, just yeah, out yeah, of nowhere. Yeah, from wow. side. I, I've been walking around. I've been walking around like under my breath going like, change Leopardon. And Same. Oh, my God. People it's it's a fuck. Like, it's an earworm. What what'd you say? And I'll be it's, like, oh, no, no, no. It was nothing. It was nothing. Oh my god! I hate how much I love the theme song of this show. And, and um, you know, and, and you know, I I listened to this theme song even before I like years before I saw this show. So I like knew it by heart already. <laughs> it's it's great. It reminds me of how much I love uh, Cruel Angel's thesis. <laughs> Just in the sense of like, yeah, I'm hyped every time I hear this. This rules. And like, and this is like a common theme amongst like all. Uh, Toei's uh, superhero toku shows is that they all have like kick-ass theme songs. I, I would argue that that's just a common theme among any toku show in general. Every single yeah. toku show I've seen has a kick-ass theme song. They fuck. Yeah. They fucking put in the work. I I'll, I'll take your guys' words on that. Uh, <laughs> I'm a I'm a huge huge fan of the opening of the show. We can't say enough good stuff about it. I love the oh, stupid yeah. web graphic at the end. Um, but um, once we're injured, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, did you guys happen to watch the um, the Marvel 616 documentary? No, I did not. I intend um, to in the future. I wish I had squeezed it in for this episode. Uh, just a quick note um, the shot in the opening with the uh, Tokyo Tower where Spider Man's crawling at the Tokyo Tower, by the way, that never is used in a single episode, which is strange to me if they spent the money to go film there. But uh, in that shot, um, the actor, the suit actor for Spider-Man is wearing no safety harness. So, like, the, the dedication that those stunt people have to, you know, like, producing these shows is unmatched where this man risked his life for, like, a two-second shot in the opening intro. Like, Dude's fucking rock. Dude's rock. That's, that's, that's the best thing I've heard all day, Brian. It's just that simple. Dude's rock. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. He's a spider. He's a man. What more do you want? He's a dude. All right, let's, let's get into it. <laughs> yes. So from the top, at the beginning of our first episode, uh, we, we're in a cave somewhere where a man is calling out to space for his brother, for for Leopardon, who is a giant robot who who flies and crashes to Earth. Yeah, he's. I think he's calling out for like the Marveler specifically. It's yeah, like the Marveler, spaceship yeah. that turned that. It's the spaceship. The Marveler is the spaceship that turns into Leopard on the giant robot. Yeah, the two are one and the same, just different modes. And then there's also the Spider Machine GP7, which flies into Marveler to transform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep up. We got no, there. There's there's a list here. Um, 
elsewhere, Professor Monster and Amazonas, uh, our 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 primary antagonists of the series, uh, see that the robot has is like flying down on screens in their lair. Um, they talk about how um how Gaia must have called it down with his telepathy. What is that his name? Garia, not Gaia. Garia, my left my yeah, arm there. Uh, this gets expounded upon, you know, later and like flashback sequences and stuff. We get a little more context later, but I just love the brazen like, OK, fuck everything you know about Spider-Man uh, approach to this telling of our characters here. Um, um, just to just to interject again, um, the, the mar- that 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 Marvel 616 goes into it a lot more where basically Marvel said no one is ever going to see this outside of Japan. You're only getting Spider-Man. Do what do what you want. Yeah, and it's especially this is going to be a thing that I'll I'll do a lot in this episode is comparing this to the the 1977 show because they were pretty much they came out at the exact same time and they have very, very sort of different uh, ways they try to do the character where they have sort of the same general. you know, impetus from Marvel, which is you're just getting Spider-Man. That's it. Uh, and they do very different things with the, with with it. And when where the the the, the American show is just really boring, uh, this show is like, all right, let's fucking go. Yeah, I I can honestly say I don't think I was bored watching a single one of these episodes. Absolutely not. Um, at the Yamashiro Astro Archaeological Laboratory. <clears throat> which is a greatest name uh, ever. Yeah, it's it, a frequent set piece here. Uh, Shinko Yamashiro, who is the sister of our main character, sees an approaching object through a telescope. Uh, this is, of course, Marveler flying through space towards Earth, like in atmosphere now. Um, they wonder if it's a meteor, and they, they, you know, <sighs> this is so fast paced. It, it's it's breakneck. This this first episode. Uh, we go from there to our main character, motors- young motorcyclist Takuya Yamashiro, who is practicing stunts on his motorbike. Um, they do a lot of this. Th- this editing is prevalent throughout the whole thing where they'll show something. And it was so cool. They show it like three to five times in a row with a little sound effect. And oh, so they do good. that a lot with Takuya's biking. Toei's just really into motorcycle guys. All, all, they're, 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 big, they're big into motorcycle dudes. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. As, as an electric bicyclist myself, I'm, I'm biker light, and I appreciate Spider-Man <laughs> on a bike representation. Um, little brother Takuji is also there uh, with Shinko watching you know, their brother just zip around. I like to think it was just, hey, you guys bored? You want to watch me zip around on my bike and take pictures? Uh, Takuya's girlfriend, Hitomi, uh, is also there, uh, but suddenly stops. Takuya stops, that is, when he hears a voice calling him brother. Uh, this is the same voice we heard at the beginning of the episode calling out to Marveler. Um, the spaceship uh, finally arrives on Earth, with Takuya looking up and seeing it, uh, a lot of people seeing it, we get a great little green screen, uh, oh my god, what is that up in the sky kind of thing, where it flies past. Um, it's it, A lot of it is uh, the models they use look very... I, I know for sure the Leopard on at one point is like just an actual model 
at one point as like a production run toy of the thing they were using. Um, the green screenshots yeah. are just incredible. I they're very. This is post Star Wars, but ILM has nothing to do with this. Um, not in any capacity. It's it's rough, the, the, but the, I love all, it. All of the effects in the show are fantastic. I think earlier in like later on in this episode, uh, when Spider Man like shoots a, a web at uh the the monster when it grows big. Uh, and he like gets thrown away and you can just see this little tiny model Spider-Man like hit against a bunch of miniature trees and stuff. And it's fucking it's great. I and I, <clears throat> I ended up watching the second episode, the first episode a second time. And when that happened again, I, I rewound it and just watched it so many times that that part you're talking about. I fucking loved it. And somehow, you know, even with these like really like chintzy, cheesy special effects, it's still better than the shit that was in uh, 77. Like, mm -hmm. like the, the thing about it is, is that like, yes, it is cheap. And, you know, um, the, the production schedule on this show was absolutely insane. I think they had to film two episodes a week. And if you are that at all, right. if you are at all familiar with like filming, two 30 episodes, two 30 minute episodes a week is absolutely insane. That is an, absolutely insane production schedule so like they they just had to get what they could and even then it is impressive but like the thing about it is that it has energy to it that is the most important thing what makes this show work is that it has energy they could have a mm. hundred million dollars but if it didn't have energy to it it would all fall apart yeah it has energy and it has charm Yes. Like even even now when you when you watch the Spider-Man swing on a rope uh, uh through the trees and they like repeat the cut like seven times <laughs> uh, or like when the when the bad guy grunts like do backflips and like teleport constantly uh you know it's you you have fun with it. Yeah, I remember it, it more than I remember some moments of other things, so you know, staying exactly. Back. Like, I would much rather watch the same footage of Spider-Man swinging through the trees, like, four or five times than what, like, I remember there was this terrible Spider-Man fan film that came out right before the Sam Raimi one, and it would just be, like, footage of a guy, like, swinging on a rope on a, you know, like, through New York, and it would just be one long take of him, like, slowly swinging, and it's boring as shit. Are you, t are you talking about Dan Poole's masterpiece? Green Goblin's last stand. <laughs> I hope we can, you know, try to get like a bonus episode and to talk about the Green Goblin's last stand because it's kind of okay, a short movie. I would but be more it's, than happy. It's 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 so I I love there, there's I, there's, there's a lot of things that I don't like about that movie, but there's so much passion in it. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. I can't help but enjoy it. Like, 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 I'm not, I'm not saying that, like, but if I had to choose between, like, something that, you know, like, reuses the same footage over and over and over again to convey that sense of energy they're going for versus just swinging, I would take the repeated footage over and over and over oh, yeah. again. Oh, yeah. Again. Oh, yeah. This is, this is made by a professional television company that was made by, like, a guy who lives in, like, Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... <clears throat> Yeah, it uh while it is repetitive, it is it is really really good. I'll give it that. It's more memorable. Um once we have finally had Marveler crash into the cave where the man who was calling it had been, 
uh, Professor Monster and Amazonist give us a little name drop where they talk about it being Marveler and we get a little more exposition from them about how uh, it had fled to space 400 years ago um, and that they should be worried that Professor Yamashiro may discover this with his, you know, telescope or whatever. That's what they chalk it up to, right? The fact that he's the local, like, astronomer, I, I guess. They're like, oh, we got to, I don't know. We got to ice this guy specifically. Uh, this is going to upset my plans to invade Earth. Uh, just to talk about their designs real quick. Professor Monster is like, I, I have I didn't see any trivia about this. He's very clearly like, OK, we can't afford Dr. Doom, right? I don't I don't know. Uh, a lot of the the this is it reminds me the most of uh, the most the toku that it reminds me the most of is uh, the first Sentai I ever watched, which was uh, Live Man that came out about a decade after this. And it has a sort of similar main villain of evil scientist man from outer space who like grows monsters. Yeah, okay. that, that, that that's, that's kind of a, it's kind of it's kind of a stock villain that they have. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty typical because it's funny you mentioned that because um, I think really the only two heroes that were or the only two characters because this was a deal between Marvel and Toei, the only two characters that were ever really considered to be used for shows like this was Spider Man and Captain America, and the show yeah. for Captain America I think eventually evolved into battle j fever or something like that yes it, mm -hmm. the, the captain america show eventually became uh the third what would be the third super sentai but it would it originally wasn't called that it would later retroactively be called a super sentai uh or actually yeah. the first two weren't called super sentais they were re retroactively added that title uh this one for a while was considered the first super sentai that would be battle fever j battle where there fever. were a bunch of uh there were a bunch of all all the Sentai characters, all the, the team members. They were parts of different countries, and there was a female character named Miss America, and I, that that's how that evolved out of Captain America. But yeah, like, it's 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 really interesting. There's a mm -hmm. Russian one, and he just has the you know like the uh, the yeah that's ba that's, ba that's Battle Cossack where he has a giant uh, hammer and sickle on his his chest. It's very good. It's very good. <laughs> I'll have to look into all of this. Uh, Amazonus, meanwhile, a uh, very, <clears throat> very simple costume, not quite so directly what I think to be a ripoff of anything else. Um, yeah. Does she have any, like, powers to speak of that you remember? She, like, she has what? Uh, what's the weapon she uses? She has a couple times. She, yeah, she has, like, a little, like, riding crop that she hits Spider-Man with at the last episode. She's no Wild Whip, but... Uh, no, she's no Wild Whip. Professor Monster has this big, goofy, like, red scepter with, like, a yellow... It looks like a yeah. Fisher-Price toy. It, it looks really goofy. The, he can the, fire the main, laser the, beams out of his eye. The, the, the main point of a, of a Toku villain, uh, because the hero can very easily defeat any villain with their final attack, uh, the, the point of a, a Toku villain is to sit in their lair and just send out goons because they realize that if they go out and try to face the hero head on, they'd get, they'd get their asses kicked. Uh, and so that's that's generally his his plan as he sits there in his, okay. his, his goon room uh, with uh, his two uh, his two like henchwomen. I don't remember their names. Uh, and then he sends out Amazon S to go do a bunch of stuff. And Amazon S's power is I guess she's like, I don't know, she's evil. That's her power. <laughs> Now, um, I think the two were Bell and Rita, or something like that. Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, for for context for everyone listening, 
Uh, I uh, put myself through the ringer and watched the entire series. It, it wasn't that difficult of a watch, but no. those, two, those two other uh, goons, the two women that are in uh, uh, Professor... Mo- what what's his name again? Oh, Professor God. Monster. Yeah, Professor Monster in uh, Professor Monster's Lair. The, they are known as the Amazons, and they yes. were like, yeah, and they were like, uh, they they were dressed up as nuns, and they were in coffins like vampires whenever they were first nuns. introduced. It's it's all very very strange, but you, magical. You know, you just, yeah, you just learn to go with it. Mm-hmm. I I do think I will eventually end up watching this entire show at some point. Me maybe too. a podcast off season or maybe something uh to keep me occupied while yeah, I de- Yeah, definitely the podcast off season. I have enough shit on my plate right now. But yeah. yeah. Sure. All right. Uh Amazonas has orders from Professor Monster uh to kill Professor Yamashiro, like I said, for some reason. I think it has something to do with him uh being the astronomer of town. Uh, she disguises herself by putting on, like, a pea coat and taking off her crazy eyes makeup. Uh, <laughs> I failed to mention earlier that uh, over the 400 years uh, that have passed since uh, the backstory between Marveler and Mystery Voiceman and Professor Monster, Professor Monster has been working on Machine Bims, uh, which are his, like, Frankenstein giant monster goofy little robot creatures that he's been yeah. working on. He's just been the, fucking have... around with mad science and he's made a bunch of these little fuckers. Yeah, he he has like little uh specifically in this episode. I don't I don't know if it happens again after this. Uh they're like it's like a little toy that he that uh Amazon has pulled out of a closet and then brings out into the uh, out into like the world and then puts down on the ground and then it like grows to regular size and then if it takes enough damage it grows to big size yeah that never happens uh, again <laughs> yeah oh, it's good to know it's just like uh, it happens off screen don't worry about it we're gonna save so but, much money doing it this way but yeah the machine bems are just the, the monster of the week um this one the very first one we're introduced to Bokun Ryu uh is it's like a gator head thing right he's got like a big green head and like a a a silver helmet type thing he he's he's really hard to describe he just sucks all the all the the monster designs in this show kick ass they're all like really (laughs) stupid and i love them that's how i'll phrase it i love him but he sucks that's that's how they all are. I'll say Air Bomber. I I thought Air Bomber was really goofy. Oh, Air Bomber was like my favorite. <laughs> oh, Amazon is, uh her disguise is specifically she's a newspaper editor because you have to have those in a Spider-Man story. Um, she goes to see Hitomi, the photographer of the show. And uh, tells her to go see Dr. Yamashiro and ask about the spaceship in the sky, which she goes to do uh, at the Yamashiro home. Uh, she and Shinko tell Takuya to stop working on his motorcycle for tomorrow's race in a bizarre scene where they're like, I- is it supposed to be a garage? Because it looks like they're just working on this motorcycle belching exhaust in a fucking room in their house. That's what it looked like to me. They were just doing it in their house, uh, but I, I'm guessing it's I'm guessing it's probably the garage in their house. They could not scrimp to film in a garage for one scene. 
part part of me wants to say I didn't have a lot of sets to work with. No, that's very fair. It's just like you better get that in one fucking take because he like guns the exhaust multiple times in this scene alone. It's really concerning. I don't know. Um, to, yeah, there's a race tomorrow. Takuya's working on his motorcycle, uh, but something more important has come up. Uh, Takuya's father comes in, urges him to you know keep it up with his race stuff. Uh, we get our first of a few scenes where Takuya sees a spider on the wall, but it disappears. And he hears that yeah. voice again calling, brother, brother, come, brother, come to me, brother. Yeah, he like he like turn. He's like ta- having a normal conversation. And he's like, oh, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And he turns and he sees the 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 shadow of a spider. And he's like, oh, and he just like suddenly changes emotion so fast. And he sees the shadow of a wiggly rubber spider is what he sees specifically just dangling on a wire. Just dun, dun, dun. It's great. Uh, it, it's really it's incredible. Uh, Takuya runs outside and, and screams for the voice to show itself. It's, it's like a really like what the fuck is just happening here scene. It, it's a little lynchy. Uh, but we cut right from that to the next day uh, with the Yamashiros and Hitomi going to check out the crash site and search for the ship, the meteor, whatever it might be. They split up. Uh there's this great little scene where Amazonus is right behind them, wraps her hand around like the rock and peeks around it. Real, I don't know, goofy shit. Uh, she unleashes Boken Ryu, who grows to human size, and she sends it after the search party, uh, changing out of her disguise and like another jump cut thing. They love that. Um, back at the Yamashiro home, Takuya and Takuji are preparing to leave, both of them on uh, Takuya's bike. Uh, but Takuya, once again, hears the Jedi voice calling out to him, uh, and he sees a giant spider web in the sky. Just by uh, premonition, spider psychic stuff. Uh, he leaves his little brother behind. He just, without a word, just like plops him down on the ground and gets on his bike and fucks off. Uh, That's a running scene in this show that I love. Is that yeah. Takuya? Like, without explanation, like, obviously he can't tell his, like, loved ones that he's Spider-Man, but every single episode, he will be in the middle of something, he'll be out with his girlfriend, and he'll just be like, I gotta go, and he'll just, like, leave her in the middle of fucking nowhere, and (laughs) it's, it's, it's hilarious every single time. He's gotta go! But then all of a sudden, Spider-Man's there. Wow, what a coincidence. And Takuya's gone. <laughs> right? You know, like every time. Every time. Um, but yes, uh, he, he leaves his brother and speeds off in the direction of the voice uh, and the spider web. Uh, meanwhile, Dr. Yamashiro, Hitomi, and Shinko are being chased through the woods by Boken Ryu. Uh, standard, ah, I'm gonna get you type stuff. Uh, the monster apparently takes Dr. Yamashiro off screen because the next time we see the girls, they're running down the maid road by themselves where they meet Takuya, who rides up and stops, uh, concerned that dad's not there. He goes uh, on ahead to look for his dad and finds him uh, splayed out on like a rocky outcropping. Uh, his dad explains that he's noticed. He, I have his words written down here, what he said, that he's noticed a lot of activity uh, from a group that's secretly invading Earth, but he doesn't know who they are. Um, 
my dad thinks that too, but that's QAnon. Brumtis. <laughs> uh, with his last breath, uh, he asks Takuya to find and stop them, and then he just kind of dies from non-visible TV wounds. Um, would, did Boku and Ryu just like throw him down onto the rocks? Did he bite him? I don't know. We're, we we People don't get die in these shows because the plot tells them to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Takuya gets about uh, 15 seconds to mourn his dad's death before he looks up and sees uh, Boku and Ryu's footprints, which he begins following. But he is jumped by the first of many uh, groups of Iron Cross soldiers that show up and, and jump him. Yeah, they just uh, immediately try to bum rush him as soon as his dad dies. It's like, oh, yeah. fuck. Fuck you and your dead dad, idiot. <laughs> but uh, these things, these these Foot Clan type dudes that we see that show up a lot, um, they look, they're, they're the goofiest looking costume on this show, I think is safe to say. Oh, uh, they've, got like a, they've got like a big duckbill type protrusion, but it's also kind of like a knight's like helmet grill thing. It's bright orange. Yeah, like it's like it's like they're wearing suit. gray morph suits. They're wearing gray morph suits and they gave them black boots and like slapped a piece of orange foam on their faces and said, go. And there's like six of you and you flip around and you weep, 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 weep. That's it. That's it. They also have like lots of vague abilities like they can they can teleport. Uh, they can like disguise themselves anywhere. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's they great. do a lot of like fading out and fading into fights. Like like uh, like later on when we get to the movie, uh, Spider Man is like fighting uh, a bunch of these grunts up on like a rooftop, and then they just stack on top of one another and then rant, disappear. Don't you hate it when that happens? Yeah. Um, they they attack Takuya, uh, who attempts to flee, but they chase him, uh, and one of them grazes his neck with a sword. That they, like, they like stab him essentially. Yeah, it, it's it doesn't quite look like a stabbing, but the way they play it in the show, it's uh, and the way the wound looks. Yeah, it's supposed to be like, oh god, I'm I'm dying actively. Uh, but before he can do so, he he trips uh, in a cave while he's running away and falls down a hole to a remote part of the cave that he's not followed down into. Amazonas uh, looks down and assumes he's dead and leaves. Uh, and when Takuya gets up and gets his wits about him, he sees an old man in the cave who calls himself Garia. He's wearing, he's wearing like Caesar's Legion, like cobbled together, weird looking armor. Uh, he, he's got a really well-maintained mustache and no beard for having been in the cave for 400 years. He, sh- he uh, shaved with his mind. He, uh, explains that he's from Planet Spider. Uh, and tells Takuya about the Iron Cross army led by Professor Monster, who invaded his world and uh, destroyed it, and he, how he's a refugee from it. Um, Takuya suddenly collapses, his injury having gotten the best of him, and goes unconscious. Uh, fearing that no one will be around to hear his old man story if someone doesn't do something, Garia places a bracelet on Takuya's hand. A big a bracelet that, that bracelet. says... A big bracelet that says Spider-Man right on it. Spider-Man with no hyphen, might I add. Yeah, that's, that's, that's how it's spelled in this show. It's it's Spider-Man with no hyphen. Mm-hmm. Get used to it. It's Spider-Man. Uh, <laughs> but that's just a thing he has, and he puts it on Takuya's wrist, and it injects spider extract into Takuya's bloodstream, which kind of just looks like printer ink. 
in yep. going into him. Uh, Takoya, 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 like, sits up, uh, alert, realizing he should have died. Uh, but Garia explains that the spider extract saved him, and that he's the only person in the universe that could pick up on his telepathy. Uh, because he's Richard Parker's son. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Dick Parker. Uh, he tells Takuya that he wanted to ask him for revenge on Professor Monster, uh, who invaded Planet Spider. And Garia says that he chased Monster to Earth for revenge, but was trapped in this cave filled with poisonous spiders by Monster. And he endured the spiders for 400 years, but now he's dying. I have no idea what that means. I don't know what that means either. We don't see any spiders in this cave ever, and, except and, for and, the spider that Garia turns into in a moment. Well, it's very much implied that Garia has similar spider powers. Why didn't he just climb out? Yeah, like, oh no, you trapped me in a cave full of supposedly the thing I have the power of. But he he endured them? Did, did he get bitten by a, sp a spider every day for 400 years? Did he eat spiders? Is that why there's no spiders? Did he eat them all? <laughs> and I... actually, as, as we'll see in the next episode, which a good chunk of the next episode is actually just a recap of, like, more of Garia's backstory... Mm -hmm. uh, and and the backstory of the the planet spider, which I, I I'm so mad they never did like a like a full pan out of like what the planet looks like because I wish it was just like not shaped like a sphere. It was just like shaped like a giant spider. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's actually uh, the first Tom Holland movie is uh No Way Home to uh Planet Spider Boogaloo. Yeah, yeah No Way Home to Planet Spider. Uh, but I in that episode we get we get to see that uh to him. When he talks about the 400 years, he means 400 years on Earth, because mm -hmm. to him on planet Spider, 400 years on Earth is only like 20 years. So it was really like he was only down there for 20 years for him. Yeah, that's the funniest fucking part of it. Um, it's, there's it's like, really there's like no deep. there's no reason for them to have that. Like, there's absolutely no yeah, there's zero like, reason. This was this was 400 years ago, but they could have just said it was actually 20 years ago. But like, it doesn't really matter. They just they just needed a reason to have Marvel or like buried underground and also use random stock footage of uh, Imperial like like uh, Sengoku period Japan. I, I feel like the phrase don't worry about it was probably said a lot in the writers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yes, Garia has endured the spiders for 400 years, but now he's about to die. Uh, he tells Takuya that Takuya now has the power of the Spider-Man. And with that, he falls on the ground, and a spotlight goes on him, and he turns to dust, and then he turns into a spider. Yeah, the, d the dust blows away, and all that's left is a regular-ass spider. I hope that happens when I die. And he's like, you got, uh, you got the spider bracelet now with the spider protector in it. Uh, yeah, get out of here. Yeah, uh, oh. fuck off. Enjoy your enjoy your present, your gift, your curse. Later, Takuya goes home and lays down in bed, which is the first thing I would do too. Uh, and he hears Garia's voice again, telling him to put on the spider protector, which is inside the bracelet. Uh, he does, and the spider protector like leaps out of the wrist, and a really goofy still shot, like the suit is like, "Yeah, I'm here." Uh, he puts it on. A uh, great little like introductory moment with it, uh, and this is the point now where he's wearing the suit. 
where he learns, oh, fuck, I can climb walls and, and leap great distances. You know, he, he it didn't really sink in for him, I guess, until he had the costume on. Because <laughs> he's just fucking home in bed after he gets his powers, supposedly, you know? Yeah, he's just, he's just chilling out at home like like he like he just went to the store. Like I swear to God, he's got, like, headphones on or something laying in bed. You know, he doesn't have headphones. He's just lying in bed. He's just hanging he's out just, looking at the he's ceiling. He's fucking chilling with a, with a goddamn Jimmy Buffett 8-track on, dude. And then, and then and then a spider comes and yells at him for being a, a dipshit for laying around. Did you forget I gave you powers, you fucking idiot? Get up and put your Spider-Man costume on. Dude, put um, on the spider protector, bro. So Shinko and uh Takuji come into his room and he uh he climbs up onto the ceiling before they can see him, which makes no sense because if I entered the room and saw a man on my ceiling, I think I would I would know that. But whatever, what do I know? Um, they don't see he has him. A really tall him. ceiling. Maybe yeah. it looks pretty normal to me. Um, Very high ceilings in Japan. <laughs> Takuya jumps back down on the floor, and uh, Garia tells him that he has now fully become Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man <laughs> does uh go outside and uh fire a web from his bracelet, allowing him to swing onto a nearby pole. Though the webs a lot of times in this when it's one single web, it's just a rope with like a harpoon looking thing on the end of it. And it's great. Um, a lot of other times it's just a straight up net and he'll he does a thing that I imagine is like an early example of the trope and goes on in the genre uh, where he just goes name of the attack I'm about to do and does the attack. That's, uh, that, that, that's, that's a that's a classic staple. You can't, yeah, you can't ever get rid of you spider string, of spider net. If if anyone stuff. ever tried to get rid of that from the genre, it would just collapse in on itself. I think. I think that, spider that, that's, string. That's, is my the, that's the that's the that's uh, the that's the that's the singular point where all the weight is held. If you take that away, the whole building collapses. Yep. Um, Hitomi pulls in and gets out of her car. Uh, Shinko also runs out, and Hotelmi tells her that uh, the nuclear physicist Professor Fujita was kidnapped by a dinosaur-like creature, which I, I guess is the easiest way to describe Bill. How do you ever say his fucking name? I don't have it written down somewhere. Bok Bokun Ryu, the monster. Uh, doing my best here, Gator Man. Uh, um, thinking this must be the work of the Iron Cross Army, Spider Man leaves. And Garia's telepathic voice tells him to use his spider senses to track them. We are just hitting all the nails on the head. We've we've had our quote unquote Uncle Ben die. We've got spider sense. We're we're playing greatest hits here. This is the and, most and like this is the most it mirrors the comic ever. Like the 1977 movie, uh, th this origin has like nothing to do with comic Spider-Man. But like, who gives a shit? Like, P like I almost said, Peter uh, Takuya only becomes Spider-Man because like a, a pissed off alien told him to be Spider-Man. And he's like, yeah. OK, why not? <laughs> the pissed off alien goes. He essentially says, yeah, I came here to help you get revenge with me. But then your dad died. So now you have a reason to do this, too. <laughs> I, I, I love I love how, you know, like traditional Spider-Man is, you know, like with great power comes great responsibility. Whereas this this Spider-Man is with great power. You can murder every single person who has ever wronged you. And, and, you know, back when we did the the first amazing movie, we had a field day complaining about uh, why telling a Spider-Man story where his main motivation is vengeance is a terrible idea. Uh, but here, because it's not Peter Parker, it's like, sure, who gives a shit? 
Yeah, it, it's a great like little asterisk on on everything. It's great. Um, <clears throat> Spider Man uses his uh, spider senses to uh, track them, as I mentioned. And uh, as he jumps and wings through the city towards his target, he gets to the place where his senses are bringing him and again fights a bunch of I almost always want to call them Foot Clan just because they're all so they're 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 archetypical just goons. They're just they're what yeah, they're can fodder. you say about them? They're, they're putties. I, I don't I don't give a shit about Power Rangers, but that's what they are. They're they're just as nameless goons as it gets. I don't yeah. know what the hourly pay is, but must be good. Um, Spider-Man fights through them, gets inside the building, and hears uh, Amazonist talking to Fujita inside a room. He opens the door and introduces himself uh, as the emissary of hell. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, probably my favorite thing that happens in all of this show. Later, he changes it to Iron Cross Killer, but emissary of hell is way better. Absolutely. Um, oh yeah. In the in, in the nigh it, inevitable event where we get more of this guy in the future, be it in a Spider Verse movie or something, uh, I really hope he introduces himself as the emissary from hell. I mean, he's got to. It kind of becomes a, a running gag in the show. In you know, like certain episodes, will he'll introduce himself in a different way depending on the context of the episode. So, like, that, that, that's, that's a thing that comes from, you know, like, watching the entire series, but, God, I forget what it was. It was, like, you know, like, uh, you know, like, the man who listens to, you know, like, a child's cry or, so, or you know, like, stupid, you know, like, crap like that. And uh, Emissary from Hell is absolutely the best of them, but it, it, it is fun. It is a fun kind of, like, running thing where, depending on the context of the episode, that introduction will change. Yeah, you know, I like that. It's just that's cool. Sometimes you just you you just hit it out of the park, like right on your, on your first at bat. It's just immediate. You get it right off right off the bat. Oh yeah, that, that should be a central thing that his character is, is that he says that. I would have loved to hear that in Toby's voice from Sam Raimi. Who am I? <laughs> I, I, I would I would love <laughs> to hear drowsy t- drowsy Toby McGuire, <laughs> who sounds like he's on elephant tranquilizers, be like, "I'm the emissary from hell." <laughs> something of an emissary myself you know i'm something of it i hope he, I hope he says that i hope norman osborne says that in no way home you know i'm something of an emissary myself <laughs> um <laughs> spider-man frees <laughs> professor fujita and uh webs the doorway shut trapping the pursuers behind them uh they continue running outside but spider-man is forced to fight off guess what more nameless faceless goons uh, Amazonus finally unleashes uh, Bokun Ryu, who grows to gigantic size in the first appearance of that happening in this show. Uh, we do get a brief scene, uh, just about I, what I think is the only scene of Spider-Man attempting sub- to subdue one of these things on foot. Brian, you might is, is that correct? Does he ever again not immediately just go fuck Marveler? Yeah, no, no, He's no. Gotta no, get no. him on the horn. Yeah, no, no, no. That that's pretty accurate. I don't, I don't think there's another episode where that happens. The effect must unfortunate. have been really expensive or something. Because I, I thought about that as I was watching this. It was like, there's not one time he doesn't attempt to fight this thing. He just always immediately calls Marvel, which of course, like that's what you do. But like, I don't know. I like that little bit where 
the like we mentioned earlier, the string is swung and it's just a shitty little like plastic Spider-Man on the end of it that they swing into a mound of dirt. It's great. Um, yeah, he he's he's forced to fight this now giant size Boken Ryu. And after a uh, futilely sub- trying to subdue the creature on his own, he uses his bracelet to summon Marveler. Uh, Amazonas sends more uh, minions after him, and he continues to fight them until Marveler arrives. Um, a- actually, a vehicle flies out of Marveler, the, as the aforementioned Spider Machine GP7, which has, when it pulls up in its first little scene, it's got just like, they're not good years or something, but they've just got these tires with fucking English text on the side. I think it's the funniest thing ever. This this <laughs> space vehicle just pulls up with goddamn Goodyear tires. Uh, <laughs> Spider-Man gets into it and it flies back into Marveler, uh, which Spider-Man now assumes direct control of and transforms it into the ro- rather changes it into the robot Leopardon or Leopardon. Doesn't matter how you say it. They say it both ways all the time. It's great. Uh, after using the mech's various weapons, such as the Arc Turner, the the little boomerang on his face, and Sword Vigor, which is just him taking out a glowing sword and chucking it, usually, uh, Leopardon kills Boken Ryu with a giant explosion. It's uh, just that easy. It really is. It really is just that easy. And you know, Spider-Man should always have a giant robot that he fights monsters with. This should be like a thing that they should all... They should add that in the comics, in the movies. They should have it everywhere. In the games. That and his car that he drives around with and can fly and shoots missiles. Did you guys uh, ever read the Spider-Verse comic? No, but I know, I know he's in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, literally the first thing the villains do is make sure that that uh, Leopardon is out of commission because they know that they will get their shit You can fuck up. shit up! Yeah, <laughs> and it's great. Yeah, those two words in the Change Leopardon. Infi- in- Infinity War would have been a 45-minute long movie if, if Leopardon was in it. No, yeah. it would have been a 20... It would have been a roughly 23 to 24-minute movie where <laughs> Spider-Man beats up all the weird little grubby monster things by flipping them, and then... Uh, runs Thanos over with his car and then just chucks the sword of vigor through him. And then Thanos grows to 300 feet tall. Yep. Inexplicably. (laughs) Jesus Christ, you guys are writing the what if season two premiere. (laughs) It would save save everybody a lot of time. I just love the idea of fucking Josh Brolin Thanos' face at the phrase, change Leopardon! Tom Holland going, Marveler! (laughs) Why did you say that name? Ah! uh, Tom Tom Holland's like, you know, like, uh, God, how how would you describe Tom Holland's voice? Like, I, I... I wanted to say like little baby voice, but that I don't I don't feel like that's correct. Relatively, relatively. It's a little baby but, boy. But just listening to him say I am the emissary from hell before just chucking a sword, a giant sword through Thanos. White Sure, why not? Might, sure, why not? Not, not my Takuya. <laughs> Uh, but yes, here at the end of our first episode, uh, Amazonas and her minions return to their lair and relay the news of Spider-Man's appearance to the Mo- Professor Monster, who is greatly displeased. 
we end our first episode with just some cheerful, yeah, fuck yeah, you do that shit, Spider-Man narration, and he drives off. The narrator is great. Every episode is like, Spider-Man fucking kicked ass, and his fight continues, and uh, he's cool and awesome. Go Spider-Man. I so wish this episode ended him with him giving like a thumbs up to the camera. I don't think it does, but I think it should. Every episode should end with Spider-Man giving a thumbs up to the camera. (laughs) In every movie, too. I, I can't say for sure, but I feel like one episode absolutely does that. I can't say for sure. Oh, I hope I see it. Uh, the second episode of our show and the series, we're going uh, to this very next episode, is Mysterious World, the man who follows his fate. Uh, Garia, who is in this episode, and only this other episode, is asking Takuya to awake as the Iron Cross army is on the move. Uh, Takuya opens his window and he slinks out of it in a Spider-Man outfit and a shot that gets used a lot of him crawling up the wall of the place he lives at. Uh, violent winds are blowing through Tokyo and then stopping as if they had never started. Uh, back at home, the Garia spider is in the kitchen and spotted by Shinko, but Takuji uh, doesn't see it when she points it out. He's doing more of his weird spider vanishing magic. Uh, I do wish Garia was around longer. Uh, I, I I think that he could have been a good character, but I guess they yeah. needed more death more more reasons to care i don't know i i i I thought the show was going in the direction of oh spider-man is gonna have a mentor which i i thought that would have been an interesting dynamic Mm -hmm. and i feel and i feel like you could have killed off garia you know like maybe 10 episodes in because there's one thing that i that i found is really common in toku shows where there is a status quo and then randomly just want you know like for one episode, that status quo gets radically shifted to a new set status quo, and and I thought that was the direction where they were going in, where you know like you know like uh, Takio would be doing you know like his thing, Garia would be like no 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 you need to be Spider Man right now, and that's how the episodes would go until suddenly, at a certain point, you know Takia has to fend for himself, but no they just they just kill Garia off right at right in the second episode which it, it, it feels like a waste and, and and i guess that sort of reflects on the fact that uh unlike a lot of modern toku where there are long story arcs that take place over multiple episodes especially like in the early stuff in the 70s and the 80s everything was incredibly episodic uh like the last episode of any season would just be uh okay it's time to fight the bad guy now like it, it, it would all you could interchange pretty much any of these episodes and it wouldn't really change much of anything. No, no, not at all. Um, Hitomi, uh, after this little spider magic moment, uh, comes over and uh, is told that Takuya is still sleeping. She goes and attempts to wake him, telling him of an incident that she saw on the TV where a train overturned, and she wants to go get a picture of it for a photo prize, she says. Uh, They ride out on his bike out there, where she says she doesn't know if he's sad or mad about his father's recent demise, after he does a little bit of uh, reckless biking. Uh, They arrive and can't get any closer to the scene of the train wreck uh, because of a roadblock. Several passengers 
passengers were hospitalized uh, in this little affair, and Takia wonders if this was the Iron Cross army based on Garia's warning the night before. Uh, he takes a moment after this to visit his father's grave and enters a nearby church where they focus on this... Was it a statue or a stained glass window, that picture of Jesus that's there? Because they show it a lot. That's a, that's a statue. He goes to a church and he sees the visage of Jesus Christ. A lot. He sees Jesus a lot. And he and flashbacks. It's just in this episode. He flashbacks during this to the only other episode of the show so far, which is really funny to me. We're in the first half of the second episode and we're already clip showing. Um, we get a, a brief vignette about how 400 years ago on Planet Spider, Professor Monster attacked, uh, terrorizing it with his Iron Cross army. Which, by the way, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm literally saying it out loud. Isn't the Iron Cross like a Nazi thing? Oh, no. Yeah, it is. In, in like, in Common Rider and, uh, yeah, specifically Common Rider, there's a lot of uh, anti-fascist uh, themes throughout, especially, like, the very first, the original Common Rider series. It's, it's built entirely upon anti-fascism because Shocker, the main villain... Uh, of that show is essentially just uh, a revived Nazi party. So it's, it's a theme throughout a lot of early Toku. And, you know, nowadays they've essentially phased that out because, you know, it's a little, a little touchy, uh, a little but button, yeah, yeah, it's a lot, it's a more, it's more hot button. That's uh, good. But I, I, a, a lot I, of, a lot of 70s Toku was just about kicking Nazis in the face. I yeah. like Spider-Man Antifa. That's good. Yeah. Spider-Man Antifa moments. Uh, during this flashback, Garia, um, <clears throat> he comes home, he was away from Planet Spider when it was, uh, destroyed, essentially. In and the Marveler. returned home. Yes, in Marveler. And just dicking around in his spaceship, I guess, having a good time. Uh, and he returned home to find his entire family dead. Uh, he pursued the Iron Cross army across space, where he caught up with them over Earth. Uh, Professor Monster wanted to use Earth to develop more of his monster BIMs, uh, and he entered Earth during the period of Japanese Civil War. Was that feudal Japan, I think? Lex, you're the history man. Uh, this this was probably the age of, uh, I want to say it's like the Sengoku period, like uh, Oda Nobunaga, uh, uh, shit like that, the Warring States. I think Warring States is China. Uh, but it, it's it's that period where Japan is all feudal and broken up and they're trying to reunify it. I think that's the era they're going for. Which uh, served as a perfect distraction for Professor Monster. Uh, they literally just go to the ground of Earth and uh, challenge each other to a fight to the death in the midst of all of this, like, dudes on horses with swords chasing each other and killing each other. Fuck it. Alien fight, right? Why not? Uh, during all of this, um, Garia falls into one of those pesky caves and, uh, urges Marveler to return to space until the future. Uh, Garia hibernates in this cave underground, as we mentioned, for only 20 of his years and the 400 years that pass, uh, in Earth time until he was saved by Takuya. Um, but yeah, at, it. I think this is the point where uh, Garia just dies, right? That's is that later or is that here before, in the first half? Because I have my little synopsis broken up in half after the the break. 
I think I think I think I think Garia dies. Yeah, this is just where he just goes. Uh, Takuya vows to defeat the Iron Cross army for him and uh, for their losses. Yeah, it it was an interesting choice, I think, to just kill Garia off like that. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do. A victim of the wreck, the train wreck, was overheard saying that a ghost was seen exiting the train. Uh, piquing Takuya's interest. So he and Hitomi go to the police and see that the victim uh, has died. Uh, From this scene, a giant disembodied brain creature fires a laser at another train uh, in a flashback, apparently the account of the victim saying what happened. Uh, Takuya urges Hitomi not to repeat the story for her safety, and uh, after feeling that they're being watched, he tells Hitomi to run before, surprise, surprise, being accosted by a group of the minion creature thugs. Uh, uh, I like I, I straight up actually like screamed when I saw that the villain of this week was a giant uh, flying brain that shoots lightning. I kind of love it. It was it was it's it, it I think it's probably my favorite. Because the, eventually we find out that the brain ends up docking with a, a a regular monster, and it's kind of boring after that. But if it was just the brain, it would be my favorite. Yeah, I I have to hard agree with you there, Brian. Uh, yeah. Just out of curiosity, did you have a favorite monster bim out of like the forty ish ones? Uh, I've got the uh, I've got a list here, and I'm kind of looking through all of them. Hold on a minute. Uh. There's one in particular that I do like. I gotta, I gotta look up the name. Uh, hold on. Uh, it was here. It is Firefox. The browser. The browser. The Firefox. You're right. <laughs> can you can you post a picture of it in the Discord so we can say? Yes, absolutely. Hold on a minute. Uh, my my favorite of the. I only watched the the six episodes that we covered here. My favorite was probably the the. What's the what's the one of like the Stingray guy that's also a Zero fighter plane? That would be Air Bomber. That would be Air Bomber. Air Bomber is probably my favorite. That or the guy in the movie who is the swordfish that shoots torpedoes out of his mouth. Yeah, oh. I got. I got to go with the brain guy for me. I didn't write his name down, but Fair I, enough. I'm a big fan of brain guy. Brain guy is good. Brain guy's a good choice. Oh, there's Firefox. Oh my god, that's a great. That's great. Looks like Akuma from uh, uh, fucking uh, uh, also Metal Gear uh, Street Fighter. <laughs> So back to the plot of this uh this second episode here. Uh Hitomi <laughs> Hitomi is fleeing and surrounded by minions. Um she's rescued by a spider net. Spider-Man comes down and kicks some ass, as he does. Um Takuya happens to show up just when it's all ended and over. Wow. Uh Amazonas and uh, Professor Monster berate their surviving goons for failing, uh, which Garia just overhears. He's like there for some reason. Uh, I, there's a spider there anyway. I don't know what the implication is. If that's Garia or not, it is. I think so it's. Like, I think it's like. Oh, it's a spider. It's like it's both theming into Spider-Man, and also it reminds him of Garia. I think. Yeah. Uh, at home. Takuya is grilled about his lack of involvement in protecting Hitomi during the events of the day. She tells all about how Spider-Man saved her and how she wants to get a photo of him. Um, 
No, this is the scene. Yeah, I, I thought it was where it had been ever written down. The, Takuya goes okay. upstairs to confer with Garia, but Garia is lifeless and is just completely dead. He's just a curled up little dead spider. Away rubber spider, little gummy spider. Then swears his death will not have been in vain. He takes it really well. He just like, oh, well, that happened. He, uh, he, okay. he bikes away and then changes and begins wall crawling and another shot that we've seen already. Um... His spider sense gives him the ability to see the future, he he tells us, the audience, uh, which is just a really convenient way for him to track the Iron Cross Army's movements, uh, driving his little GP7 spider machine to them. Uh, we we cut to a, uh, a fuel-carrying train, uh, which is the next target of our giant brain guy, which zaps a length of the rail away, just out of existence, not even, like, melting it or anything. Um, we get a, a, a patented Spider-Man and a train sequence. Uh, the driver is spooked by Spider-Man, who uses a bit of his web to uh, re stop the train, uh, grab the one of the brakes and pull on it. I did write it down. The brain reveals itself as Sotoken... And runs away. It just says its name and leaves. Um, Spider-Man gives chase in his goofy little car. And then swings down a cliffside to another fight with more minions. Uh, I, I breeze past these kind of quick when we talk about this. They happen a lot in this show. Oh, yeah. And they all pretty much do the same thing. But it's fine. You're not missing much by me not talking about it. Um... He he takes on more of these goons. Uh, there's a lot of jump kicking in it, which is nice. Uh, there's a point where I wrote down here. He takes two of their own swords and like slaps them in the face with the broadside of it at one point in a goofy little like thing. It's fun. Um, he wrestles a lot with the brain, which then finds a body that it attaches itself to. The aforementioned oh great, it's not just a brain thing. But get this. Uh, it grows giant. I don't know if you'll believe that or not. Prompting Spider-Man to call in Marveler. Uh, he gets in his little car shuttle. But in another sequence where I think it may be the only time this happens, it gets shot down. Which ends up not mattering because he just gets right back in it. If I'm not mistaken, this is tracking, right? You guys are two witnesses. Yeah. This happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he 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 just gets back in the car that just got shot down and this time fires missiles at the brain uh, before the annual linking up with Leopardon arc turn sword vigor monster explosion and fly away victorious. All the same footage. It's just Most, that easy. Yeah. Just about. Yeah. Uh, oh my god, we're fucking in out like an hour already into this. Oh my god, we got uh, uh, speed up. A lot of it has been set up, and, and my my synopses do get more concise as they go on. Um, but yeah, those are the first two episodes. Uh, for for our halfway point here, our third of six episodes, we moved ahead a bit to the sixth episode, Shuddering Laboratory, Devilish Professor Mo Professor Monster. Uh, really and specifically, uh, I'll be completely frankly honest with you. I just wanted to watch the episode where Spider-Man fires a machine gun from the game of all scene. I, I, I really scene. wanted, I, I really wanted to make that the art for this week's episode, but I couldn't find a high enough quality image because this show is not on Blu-ray. 
mm-hmm. or DVD. It hasn't been like re-released on home video in any major capacity, which is kind of a shame. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the best way to find it online is just to watch it on archive.org, which is a, like a super low-quality video that I think originally came out on Marvel's website. Yeah, yeah, I had a bit uh, of trivia about that later. It's bizarre yeah. they chose to share that with the world, but I'm really glad they the did. whole series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I just ha- I, I just use one of the the inner title uh, post commercial things for the art, which you know it works. But yeah, well, that's the only reason we chose this episode was because it's the one where Spider Man shoots the machine gun. Oh yeah, and it turned out to be a great one. Uh, three men guys to... are being. Oh, go ahead, Brian. Sorry, uh, did you guys happen to watch the episode with the uh, with the band that had like ultrasonic waves that were messing with Spider Man? No, no we only watched the one the, right after the, this. Oh maybe, no! Yeah. Oh no! That that's a great. One. So, sorry, sorry to interject. Um, oh, you're fine. No problem. In that episode, uh, there is a robotic band that is playing music at a frequency that only spiders can hear, and it's what, <laughs> and it's messing with Spider Man. And like literally, whenever he gets too close, he like loses his vision and is like fumbling around like an idiot. And so, oh. and so, what he does, he gets in the GP seven and just fires at them. Like they're Talk just like, what happens to me when I hear top forty pop music? Am I right? They, like they are right, my fellow uh, youth of America. They are just in the middle of a field, and Spider Man just waste them i can't wait to see it brian it's that one is so good (laughs) well prior to those events uh in episode (laughs) six three men are being chased through a forest uh falling down and stumbling with amazonas uh and her some of her crew of goons and assorted minions firing on them with uh guns and bows narrowly missing them uh, one man is shot, and another steps in a bear trap. The third here reaches uh, the cliffside, where he chooses to jump rather than be shot. Uh, Professor Monster is pissed that this man got away, uh, and that this third man, whose name is Yasuke, we're told, could jeopardize the privacy of his experiments on his monster bims. Uh, he needs this man killed, so they track his scent. Uh, his girlfriend, this, this guy, Yasuke's girlfriend, Junko, uh, comes over asking for Takuya. Uh, she's very concerned, saying that he's back, meaning Yasuke. Uh, this confuses Takuya and his sister, who are under the impression that Yasuke died in a climbing accident the year before. Apparently, the Iron Cross army is after him, which perturbs Takuya. Uh, he's taken upstairs to meet with Yasuke and is incredulous at his old friend being alive still. Uh, it's been eight months since his accident, which we get a quick flashback to. Uh, Yasuke is cliff climbing, uh, hooking up ropes uh, to little fastener things. I, I, I don't climb cliffs. I don't know those, what those are. Those are called. called those are called pitons. Oh, well, look at you, Mr. Cliff Climber. Uh he did fall uh, after a rope snapped uh, and awoke when he uh, realized he was in an Iron Cross Army bed at the mercy of Professor Monster and Amazonas. Um, uh, they specifically, his... this this sort of this sort of plot point of uh, Yosuke falling down and then being injured and awaking in sort of some sort of uh, Professor Monster human experiment. It reminds me the most of old like uh, 
Showa era Kamen Rider, where that was a really common thing where basically the plot of most Kamen Riders uh, at that time was so, uh, a guy would get injured, they would get kidnapped by the bad guys and be like bionically enhanced to get all these like superpowers and stuff. And then right before they get brainwashed, they break out and then fight the people that made them. Uh, that, that's that's a pretty common thing, and it's nice to see that they're they're doing that sort of plot point again here in, in the Spider-Man show, but not with Spider-Man. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, Yasuke's strength was modified, and uh, he pieces together that they, they cut him down and uh, chopped his rope so they could, under the guise of helping him from his injuries, do these experiments on him. Uh, Professor Monster is creating what he calls an army of modified humans to be his soldiers. Yase claims to have been killed three times, uh, revealing a metal plate in his chest. Uh, Takuya looks outside and sees Iron Cross goons everywhere, uh, hiding in bushes behind fences. Robocular, a smell robot, has tracked them there. That's a thing they have. I love it. I love Robocular, the sm- the smell robot. And I like how it's called Robocular, like like ocular, like eyes, which has nothing to do with smell. It could have been Robo Factory. I, I don't know. I don't fucking know. Um, don't you know the classic Spider-Man villain? Robocular, dude. He's, he's, he's right up there, there with Wild the Green Whip. Goblin and Dr. Octopus and Wild Whip. <laughs> I hope Wild Whip is in no way home. God, can we get a, can we like I, the movie's like already done. There's like we, so many leaks. There's like so many leaks of it now and shit. We uh, have to be the only people in in the last six months that have said Wild Whip on the Internet, right? I we, we probably are. I think we're the only persons people in, in the history of the world who uh, other than the people who listen to our podcast have either spoken the name or thought of Wild Whip since at least 1994. When Wild Whip is in No Way Home, we're going to be the little bump on Google that searched him before December. It's us. <laughs> brave, brave pioneers. Uh, um, Robocular, the smell robot, has tracked uh, Takuya there. Or not Takuya, rather, but Yasuke. Uh, Takuya and Yasuke do switch jackets uh, to get each other's smells on them to confuse the monster. Uh, and Takuya tells him to flee elsewhere. The goons uh, radio to base, uh, about to follow the wrong man. Junko leaves with Yasuke as Takuya becomes Spider-Man. He goes up a wall to avoid being caught, as the Iron Cross army catch up with the fleeing Junko and Yasuke. Uh, Spider-Man saves them, giving them the opportunity to flee, before changing back into Takuya and catching up with his friends. Uh, they do that quite a bit in terms of just like the pacing of it. Oh, he's there. Oh, now he's back. Oh, um, he, he and his pal get nostalgic for a while uh, before discussing Spider-Man, as I want to do with my friends as well. Um, while they talk, Takuya asks where Professor Monster's island is, and uh, he's given an approximate location as to which cape it resides on. Hitomi uh, goes back to the old pastime of taking pictures of Takuya riding his motorcycle uh, with uh, Amazonas and some goons spying on him in hopes of catching Yasuke. Uh, Hitomi then watches a baseball game between Takuya and some children. Uh, I don't remember if it was Takuji or not. I just remember being a kid. Um, Professor Monster watches all of this in frustration, noting that the boy doesn't seem to be particularly vengeful over his father's death 
and thinking that he's a dry lead when it comes to uh, finding Yasuke. During this, Yasuke has a nightmare and awakes in a sweat. He has a high fever, and uh, he says that Junko can't leave his side. He's happy being there with her. They have matching lockets that they show off, uh, and they reignite their love together before we get to... I know I've mentioned it a couple times in this, but I really do love the the halfway point of the show, just goofy title card, because it really, like is jarring when it happens and it was jarring here. This is probably the funny. They're all they're always fun. Mm-hmm. Um Takuya is asked in the second half of this episode now uh to take food to Junko and Yasuke, but he says he won't, which his sister calls inconsiderate. Uh he thinks that they just have to endure a short while longer. Kind of dickish actually in this scene. Uh, Yasuke's fever grows when, uh, in the meantime, Junko goes outside for help. She's accosted by six-ish goons, by my count, and the Amazonist, who also has verbocular in tow. Uh, she is threatened with death if she doesn't give up Yasuke's location, and she holds steadfast even with a gun to her head before Yasuke, a, a, a crazy little, like, dollar store silver paint laser gun, I should mention. It looks very goofy, very 50s sci-fi. Uh, Yasuke steps out and stops this, but uh, with the twist of them both being condemned to execution, with uh, Yasuke then offering his life for his girlfriends. Amazonist says she can live on one condition, which, you know, dot, 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 we don't get to hear yet. Meanwhile, Takuya suits up and takes the GP7 to their location. Junko and Yasuke are about to be accosted again when Spider-Man shows up and fights off all the goons in the area. But behind him, dun, 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 Yasuke is about to stab him with a knife when Junko cries out, stopping him. With a knife? <laughs> Spider-Man turns around and disarms him. Uh, but fails to stop a sniper from shooting Yasuke. Uh, they fucking got my boy. They fucking took him out on the grassy knoll. Mm-hmm. Second shooter. Uh, you know, you got, you got you to gotta love Spider-Man defending the guy who tried to stab him. Yeah. Defender sure. of the people. Great spider moment. Uh, he leaps to the goons and begins beating them using a, uh, a tree to crawl on, which, I hey, we've got a tree to film with. Just crawl around on it, I guess. Uh, Amazonus orders a retreat, and uh, as the goons go away, Yasuke is bleeding out against a tree. As he dies, uh, our third character death in, in, in these three episodes we've covered, I've, I've now only just realized. Um, what the fuck should be dying? As he dies, Yasuke uh, tries to ask if Spider-Man is Takuya. He, he kind of almost gets it out, but passes away before asking. Spider-Man swears vengeance for his friend's life. He's got like three lives to swear on at the very least here. Uh, And finds the goons in a facility that they have in town. He enters and there's a brief fight in the lab. He clings to the ceiling as they swing a bunch of swords at him. One pulls a machine gun on him. He grapples briefly with the gunman and gets control of the gun himself before just fucking blasting the room. Just opening fire with this machine gun, sweeping Fuck it in a few shots, lots of broken glass, lots of <laughs> machinery. Just, Spider-Man should always have a machine gun. Fucking take uh, them all down. He tosses it aside and goes back to the ceiling. 
and the very next shot, I shit you not, the building just fucking explodes. He's just leaving it, and it blows up. It uh, is the most volatile building in human history. He just shot the right sequence of big 70s computer tape reel things and fucking annihilated it. It's that looked like they're all made of, like, plywood, and then they, everything blew up. Uh... I won't say believe it or not again, because you will believe it, but uh, Robocular grows to giant size. Uh, and then, who, who would have guessed, Leopardon kills him. Yeah, I'm not even going to go through the steps of it. You know what happens. Um, Professor Monster claims that the Iron Cross army is invincible and uh, with a cackle, despite the fact that he just got his ass kicked again. I don't know the way he's gloating. He's, uh, he's 0 for 3 at this point. Not yeah, great. for real. Um, Spider-Man swears that he will destroy the Iron Cross army for good standing on a cliff with Junko in remembrance of the slain Yasuke they place his locket in a bouquet of flowers and toss it into the ocean and then we get that sweet little whistly theme song that end credits theme I was just going to say it's a very common theme where Spider-Man will swear vengeance on the Iron Cross army for someone who died I feel like every other episode Someone mm-hmm. dies, and Spider-Man's just like, I will get revenge. And it's just like, at this point, like, 15 people have died, dude. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta step it up. And you know what? I really do like this last uh, little bit where they're, like, on, like, the ocean standing on the rocks. Like, oh, yeah. I always like when Toei uses, like, those sort of natural locations. And you know what? Uh, out of the episodes we watched, it, they, yeah. never went, they never went to the classic Toei quarry. They never went there. No. No, that's true. I'm, I'm, Where would we be without without the Toei? Uh, if you don't know, uh, Toei, for a lot of their fight scenes, particularly in, in Super Sentai and uh, Kamen Rider, they have a, like a quarry that they use as a set. Uh, they do it a lot in Power Rangers as well since it uses Sentai footage. But even in like the original footage they shoot for Power Rangers, they still film in a fucking quarry. Uh, just because it's a nice, big, empty location with like rocks in the background and stuff. Uh, but this whole, all the episodes we've seen, and, you know, I think Brian can attest to the entire series, they never go to the Toei Quarry. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I feel like there are a couple other episodes where they don't go to a quarry, but, like, th- those are very few and far between. A quarry is a very trust trusty location to have. Well, with all that said, now that I know all about the Toei Quarry, We've reached the halfway point, and we're now talking about episode 10.5, considered the movie. Um, We get a a slightly different opening sequence. It's it's pretty theatrical. Uh, There's lots of new footage, reused footage. Is he climbing the fucking Eiffel Tower? No, that's the Tokyo Tower. That's the Tokyo Tower. I didn't know such a thing existed. Many many a Godzilla film features it getting destroyed. Oh, well, hopefully Spider-Man would prevent that. <laughs> like like he like he failed to prevent 9/11. <laughs> that's that's our little pet project we're writing, we're working on, we're workshopping. Oh no. Uh Spider-Man is wall crawling in a strangely lit tra- trap room where debris and move walls knock him into a long fall. He's uh, in the cube out- from Cube. <laughs> He's in the spider cube. This is uh, exactly. the, the third movie and into the spider cube. Exactly. Um, he awakens from this nightmare that wasn't really happening as Takuya, where in real life, 
Iron Cross army goons are attacking his siblings. Wow, we. Um, he chases down the soldiers now dressed as Spider Man and uh, crawls up a wall to catch with them. Catch up with them. Jeez. Uh, they fight on a rooftop before the goons vanish as they're wont to do. A man appears watching Spider Man from across the rooftops. Uh, very mysterious. Takuya comes home and the phone is ringing uh, with a voice on the other end asking for him. The voice claims uh, to Takuya home alone that they have his siblings and Hitomi and request his presence at a hotel. He knows it's a trap, but he has to rescue his loved ones. Very classic Spider-Man moment there. Yep. Uh, he speeds over and crawls up the hotel and locates the room that he was told to meet the mysterious person in. He enters through the window and finds the room empty. Uh, and a little, like, metal shield closes the window from the outside, sealing him in, when the mystery man himself appears, having been waiting for Spider-Man. He is an agent for Interpol, and he's working to fight the Iron Cross Army. Spider-Man is incredulous at this, uh, and it's revealed no one was kidnapped. Uh, his family is safe here at the hotel. They're actually enjoying the pool. Uh, they the Interpol agent like tries to turn on a TV and show, oh look, they're fine. Look at this footage, and it, like it's supposed to be like a security camera, but it's very clearly like a, a fucking montage of just it's, them it's, hanging out at the great. pool. Um, the they're enjoying the pool, uh, and they the Interpol agent is asking to know Spider Man's identity, um. Rather, they know Spider-Man's identity. Uh, based on the attacks on Takuya's family, they were able to reverse engineer uh, the fact that he's Takuya Yamashiro. Go Interpol. Uh, yeah, Sp Spider-Man's working for the feds now. This is like the first time where they've ever just popped out and gone, yeah, no, uh, it's really weird that this keeps happening to you. Um, they acknowledge that the Iron Cross Army doesn't seem to know his identity, and they intend to keep it that way. Uh, oil tankers are regularly being torpedoed uh, by a new monster BIM, and the Interpol agent needs Spider-Man's help to take down the Iron Cross Army. He is the only one suitable for the job. Takuya shakes on it before going to the window and sensing approaching forces from the Iron Cross Army. He goes outside, and a hand grabs him from underground. But don't get excited. It's not anything new and cool. It's another fucking gang of these gray assholes. Uh, there's another yeah, tree, tree climbing. Yeah, they're, they're, they're underground in the grass. They're in the trees. They're fucking all over the place. Absolutely. Uh, at this point, a gas grenade is launched into the hotel room. And the Interpol man runs away from it, and like two seconds later, in the goofiest shot of the episode, falls down an elevator shaft. Um, I rewound this one a few times too. It was very funny to me. Um, the Amazonist captures him in a net. Spider-Man doesn't cast this net. It's just a fucking net that's in the elevator shaft because they counted on him running out of the room like an asshole, I guess. Um, Amazonist is now in control, or rather in captivity of jesus the interpol <laughs> in captivity of amazonas uh who is in her disguise now uh 
a map is left for Spider-Man to have a final showdown at a very specific tanker. It's like knifed to the wall in classic bad guy fashion. Um, Professor Monster is positive that the Interpol agent knows who Spider-Man really is and is desperate to learn his true identity. They are sure he will come to the freighter uh, with the note having been left. Uh, high voltage net surrounds the boat that they're traveling on uh, to this. Uh, well, this is the freighter. Uh, in anticipation of Spider-Man's arrival, uh, the Interpol guy has given up no information so far, not even to Sea Devil. Uh, as we're introduced to the monster bin, I love I love Sea Devil. He's great. He's got like nipple tubes that like connect. Yeah. It's so weird. And then of course, you know, he's a swordfish that shoots torpedoes out of his mouth. So you know, you can never go wrong with that. Yeah, David Attenborough told me about those. Um, they threatened to launch a torpedo at the complex on the shore uh, if Spider Man's identity is not immediately revealed. Spider Man descends from his flying car. Uh, and a clever way to circumnavigate the vent or the the net. Sorry, but it's shot. He's shot down by goons. He gets uh, fucking murdered. Just kidding. It's a dummy. Uh, sea devil. The old, is the old dummy. The old dummy Spider Man trick. He stole that from Big Boss. Exactly. Sea devil uh, is ordered to fire, and he belches up a torpedo. But before he can fire it, uh, the Interpol man tells him not to fire. He will comply. Uh, Spider-Man boards the vessel from the water, crawling up it. Uh, I know I just mentioned Big Boss, but I this stealth sequence in a maritime environment reminds me very much of Metal Gear Solid. Um, he triggers an alarm by accident, he, which is weird. He steps on like a, a thing on the ground, which like sets off a klaxon like spider-man is here spider-man is here he steps on a piece of licorice they left on the ground he's like oh fuck it's like a switch on the ground did it read his biometrics and go oh fuck that's spider-man well i mean who else would show up who else would show up on their fucking boat but spider-man yeah everybody was briefed that evening hey don't step here nobody step here uh alerting everybody to his presence uh, he fights off a gaggle of goons on this ship set piece segment. Uh, little theme song pop up during the fight, like it does. Um, he does the thing again where he calls himself the Iron Cross Killer, which I think is super fucking cool. Uh, he confronts Amazonas and her group in the room where the hostage is. He rescues the Interpol agent and webs the illicit gang together before escaping on a speedboat that was conveniently just fucking there um they are pursued by a helicopter shooting at them with a machine gun which is awesome uh the interpol agent says he will hold them off so spider-man can escape spider-man uh grabs onto the landing gear but then webs himself further up aboard the chopper uh eventually taking control after webbing away the goons that have the guns uh meanwhile calling marveler to his aid Sea Devil, at the meantime, is ordered to blow up the industrial complex and does attempts to do so, firing off his inner torpedo. Seeing this, Spider-Man orders Marveler to fire on the torpedoes, which it does, destroying them. Sea Devil is then commanded to grow in size and crush the complex. Using the helicopter, uh, uh, jumping out of it into GP7 to fly him to Marveler, which just seems gratuitous to me. What? Vehicle to vehicle to vehicle? Just fucking take the helicopter. Uh, 
Spider-Man <laughs> uh, changes Leopard on and, and uh, arrives to the fight, punching Sea Devil's rockets out of the air uh, before delivering the usual. I wrote that down. Uh, the usual. Uh, the Interpol agent says Spider-Man gives him hope for the future after the destruction of Sea Devil. And Spider-Man chimes in on the nature of defensive retaliation. He just gives this little paragraph about it. Uh, he says he will only find peace and death or the destruction of the Iron Cross army. <laughs> yeah, the narrator is like, Spider-Man will only find peace if he dies or if he defeats the Iron Cross army. <laughs> Whichever comes first. That That is so, just such a weird reversal of, like, like, it works because, you know, it's not Peter Parker. But it's just such a weird reversal of what you think about Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. It rocks. It really is. Uh, we jump forward here about 30 episodes. We are at the tail end of the series now. With episode God, 40, Farewell Zero Battle Tricks. Um, we have Professor Monster and a bunch of our, our nameless goons watching footage of an airplane focusing on how fucking cool airplanes are <laughs> for, uh, wow, for professor monster is like this is the fucking coolest thing people ever made <laughs> and they're awesome i should make this into a machine bim and, just, and then and then he's like set set it to world war Two. like they have a machine <laughs> that lets them watch all of history yeah like, he, set, set the screen to world war Two, and they start watching like old war footage yeah he's like predicting google there <laughs> hey google show me world war Two. um he wants to make a stupid uh plane machine bim air bomber which he does Meanwhile, a boy named Masaki is playing with an RC plane, landing it. Like, specifically, they, the uh, Professor Monster wants to make a, a machine bend that, like, is powered by the engine of a Zero, which was a, a, a Japanese fighter plane in World War mm -hmm. II. And it's mm -hmm. like, you know what? Like, fuck it. Why not tie in fucking Iron Cross to the, like, evils of imperialist Japan to make them even more evil? Yeah, they, they do quite a bit of that. They... they... They speak very reverently about the war on this show. Uh, Make that them super this evil. Episode. Um, Hitomi is taking pictures of Masaki, the champion plane flying boy. Um, his grandpa calls after him, saying that his landing is slightly off still. He's a little critical. Uh, he says he's going to look at the wings at home. Grandpa was a plane designer in the war, and now a bit of a curmudgeon. Uh, <laughs> Grandpa participated in war crimes. Grandpa says it was a carburetor issue in the plane, and his phone rings. Uh, he sends the boy to answer it, but it's for Grandpa. Uh, a work partner is yelling about diagrams before being silenced. Grandpa goes God. to check on his friend, and uh, Hitomi cries out for Takuya, who was sleeping in a field. He's just laying down with his motorcycle helmet on in like a field of wheat. Uh, they bike in pursuit of Grandpa. Uh, Amazonas is waiting in disguise, uh, claiming to be the secretary. She says that he's had a brain hemorrhage, this work partner. <laughs> and uh, Grandpa is ushered in to see him, but he's found dead, just sitting up in his seat, uh, Rorschach style. Got with, him. Uh, I got him. With, what's his name? Uh, Amazonas closes the door behind them uh, as Takuya and Hitomi arrive. 
Grandpa is accosted for his plane diagrams for the Iron Cross Army. Uh, she then dispatches a squad of goons after Takuya and Hitomi, uh, who were spotted outside. His grandson's life is threatened, and he's taken to a second location. Grandpa retrieves his designs and offers them for his grandson, but Spider-Man intervenes and webs the designs to himself. Grandpa is then shot with a bow and arrow uh, by either Belle or Rita, while the second one of the other one that I just named uh, opens fire with her machine gun. <laughs> Spider-Man yanks the arrow out of Grandpa, which, why would you do that? He said it was only a light graze. I would trust Spider-Man's medical advice. He, that man, I don't think that man's ever been to medical school. <laughs> uh, an ambulance rushes Grandpa to the hospital. Uh, while and the Spider-Man is in the ambulance. <laughs> yeah, of course. Which he made me wrong. fucking laugh so hard. EMTs love Spider-Man. Uh, Grandpa's expositing about his designs. Uh, this, Grandpa's this fucking engine... telling old war stories. He's like, I was, I, I, I built an airplane. <laughs> it was 100 times more powerful than the average airplane. It was a right. super cool airplane. And this guy's delirious with blood loss. Can we get him to shut up? Uh, when the nation was defeated, the engine was meant to be used for peaceful purposes. Three apprentices were given uh, a third of the diagram and instructed to wait for peacetime. Uh, one of the others was killed, and the third apprentice needs checking up on. Spider-Man rushes to the airport and also alerts the police. Spider-Man! We get our halfway point there. Fucking love it every time. Exactly. Uh, it was a really easy way to draft these synopsis, too. Uh, just be like, okay, fuck. Double tap, enter. Second half. Uh... Professor Monster is in possession of almost all of the diagrams, and Amazonas is working on getting the third. Spider-Man arrives at the airport, spotting the Iron Cross army. They're there to attack the third apprentice's daughter. Spider-Man follows her taxi, trailing it. The driver turns out to be a goon for the Iron Cross army, and takes her into the custody of the Amazonas. Spider-Man leaves the GP7 behind to board the truck that they're all on, and uh, right along to the hideout. He disembarks, and the daughter is ordered to give up the location of the plans for her freedom. She denies any knowledge of what the hell this is, insisting she doesn't know. Uh, Spider-Man prevents her from being harmed further, subduing her attackers with a spider net before taking on the rest of the suited thugs. He commands the daughter to flee, but it was a trap. They already knew that Grandpa had all the diagrams. Uh, at this moment, an operative team was at the hospital to take care of Grandpa, while Spider-Man is dealt with by Amazonas and her goons. Spider-Man manages to hide himself from the group and just fucking leave. He just retreats. He just gets away. They just cut him running away. It's really good. Uh, he leaves the building and races to the hospital. Uh, soldiers take out guards and convene outside Grandpa's hospital room. Uh, with Air Bomber in tow. Uh, Spider-Man fights his way outside through the soldiers in an attempt to get to Grandpa in time. As Air Bomber attempts and er, prepares in an attempt to kill Grandpa, Spider-Man enters and the two begin to fight. Air Bomber uh, makes a really stupid motor noise the whole time, I want to mention. 
and at one point, there's a really sick ass bongo soundtrack moment as Spider-Man goes outside to defeat the remaining soldiers before returning to focus on Air Bomber. Oh yeah, I, running... I never, I never really, I never really mentioned this uh, before, but like throughout the whole show, they have this like great jazz organ that they use for fight scenes. It's like, oh yeah. It's really it's, fun. It's bloopy as hell, and I love it. And I also forgot to mention uh, Spider-Man's stupid little run that he does all the time. Mm-hmm. He I crouches as his arms out. That. I was just about to ask that. I love the physicality of Spider-Man in this. And I, I think the direction that the actor was given was, you're a spider, you have a low center of gravity, you need to be as low to the ground as possible. And, and, and they like do a really sort of... Goofy they, and really stupid. They do a they do a sort of similar run in uh, which Sentai is it? It's uh, Seiju Sentai Ginga Man, uh, which eventually became Power Rangers Lost Galaxy, uh, where they they do that same little like low to the ground arms out stupid little run. Uh, it's great uh, to say. Precursor to the Naruto run. Fuck the Naruto hey, run. We need hey, to start doing the, low... the Sonic run. We need to do the Spider Man. We need people to start doing the Spider Man run. Uh, how about we do the air bomber run? He's doing a really stupid, shitty, goofy run as he escapes into the woods. I do have that written down, that he's just running the fuck away. Uh, towards an airfield. Uh-oh. Spider-Man leaps from GP7, uh, refusing to let the Iron Cross army use such a tool of war. He defeats the remaining ICA thugs, uh, as Amazonas encourages air bomber to destroy him. Anticipating the usual, Spider-Man goes ahead and summons GP7 again, which, why did you even get out of it? Uh, followed by Marveler, Leopardon, to enable him to destroy a now giant-sized air bomber. Concerned for the safety of all involved... Wait a minute, he became giant-sized? When did believe this it or not, uh, right now, he's big, and now he's dead. Uh, after killing air bomber... Spider-Man convinces Grandpa to burn the diagrams, and while he does this, Grandpa makes one of the weirdest fucking faces ever. He's, it's, it's, did you guys remember the face he makes when he lights this shit on fire? Because it is, it is creepy as fuck. It was so it's, weird. It's really weird, and like, there's a, there's a scene earlier when, uh, uh, he finds out that his, his grandson is being held hostage, and he's like, how terrible. All the overacting in this show is like fucking great. Yeah, it's something. Uh, the side characters, uh, little boy and grandpa, and I want to say either, either Hitomi or Shinko, I honestly cannot remember. Uh, they're all hanging out and flying a plane together while Spider-Man watches from afar, waving like a lunatic. <laughs> He's like, eh. He's doing like a, that's all wave at them, like in a rainbow arc. Like, oh, ho, ho, it's me. I'm like the other end of a field. It's fucked up and stupid and I love it. Spider-Man has defeated imperialism. It's over now. It really is. Go, go Spider-Man. And we now come to our final episode of this episode and the final episode of Supida-Man. Uh, the translation I have written down is cooler than the actual title. The Hero's Shining Hot Blood. Final episode of the show. Spider-Man is driving in GP7 and uh, being bombarded by a roadblock of Iron Cross Army soldiers. He blows through it with the car, and continues on foot, beating down all the soldiers in his path, as Amazonas urges them to not let him escape. I have that written down because I think it's really weird that they said don't let him escape, when he is assaulting their base. 
He's not escaping anywhere. Uh, as Spider-Man draws nearer, Amazonas pulls her forces, and uh, the secret base is destroyed in another great little explosion that they love to do. A wounded Spider-Man limps away as the voiceover laments how many more times this must happen. Just real... Real emo with it now that we're in endgame territory. How how many times must Spider-Man do this? How much hell must Takuya go through? Uh, Takuya gets home and limps inside, visibly wounded to his family. Uh, his siblings check on him in bed, and like a dick, he rejects soup and asks to be left alone. He rejects the soup? I know, what the fuck, right? Uh, Spider-Man has apparently uh, destroyed a huge secret base. And Professor Monster is furious over Amazonas' failure. They have no idea how he found the base, and urge that there must be a spy among us, if you can believe such a thing. Uh, they think that Interpol must have a list of bases and determine that it must be obtained. They intend to gas everyone and have Amazonas retrieve the list and enact this plan. Uh, the whole thing reeks of a trap to Amazonas, which even a nameless goon notices out loud. Sorry, hiccup there. Notices out loud to her, which I thought was a really funny scene. Just this nameless, yeah. you know, gray goon just going, hey, this this is weird. I don't like this. <laughs> this sounds and, a little fishy. Entering the gassed building, the soldiers begin looking for the list, which, you know, would just be sitting out and around. Spider-Man appears, apparently tipped off to this by an anonymous source which only feeds uh, the suspicions that are growing. He begins taking down the machine gun wielding goons and looks for Amazonas who has disappeared without a f with a flash. Uh, secret info is being leaked to Spider-Man who wonders who his source could possibly be. Amazonas confronts Belle and Rita crying betrayal. Uh, she's about to attack them when she is stopped by Professor Monster. She, uh, she claims that the girls must be the spies, but Professor Monster says that while they are, he has them on special orders to leak information to Spider-Man. Uh, this was to give Amazonus an opportunity to defeat Spider-Man, which makes no sense, but also to move forward with building an Iron Cross empire in South America. There, Professor okay. Monster, a couple ahead. things. Number one, Dr. Monster, you know, he hates to see a girl boss like Amazonas succeed, so he's trying to make <laughs> her fail. Uh, and number two, they're just straight up moving to South America like the Nazis. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how I didn't catch that sooner. It, it, it's very strange. The Iron Cross Army's, like, plans either go up or down in, like, severity. Because, like, like, one of the earlier episodes, they're just, like, we're making people go like crazy and commit crimes to, you know, like make uh, like civil unrest happen in Japan. And then in this, like, episode, our, like our old friend, the guru. Yeah. Yeah. And like, <laughs> but then later in this episode, it's just like, yeah, we have a couple of nuclear warheads. We're going to fire off. Yeah. We have hydrogen bombs that we're going to blow the earth up oh, with. Fuck, I think you're on to something. Um, yeah, their their plan their plan is to use hydrogen bombs from space to fuck up major cities across the globe and then settle in South America and like make a monster bam army. 
but but they only have three seats on the rocket when they go up. <laughs> yeah, they put they, all could, the they couldn't make another seat, so there's only three seats. They built one too many hydrogen bombs, I guess, and only made a rocket with three seats uh, for the ultimate like polycule throne. But there's no room. <laughs> there's no room for the Amazonas. Uh, she knows she has no role in this future, but clings to the hope of it being just her and Professor Monster. It's 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 so funny because the whole time you, it it feels like Professor Monster is either like doing all this shit out of like petty dickery or like he just has no idea. He's just flying by the seat of his pants. Oh, yeah. I think it's a little bit of both. He's he's not Palpatine level uh, planner. He he just you no, know, he's no not way. he's not Palpatine or or, or Storm and Norman from uh, Spectacular. He's not on that level. Which, by the way, Lex, uh, just as a side note, uh, my partner who watched all of Spectacular with me, we just finished uh, Spectacular last night. We had the last four episodes like nebulously hanging in the air forever, and we just finished it last night. And the ending was just what the fuck is ever. It's great. Mm, great to experience it again. Were you going to say something, Brian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was going to say this whole development with Amazonas, I thought it was going to end up being like a really like kind of cool thing where she betrays. I also thought that that would have been cool. Yeah, that would have been really cool because like, like Professor Monster is always, you know, like in his lair going, ho, 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 ho. but it's Amazonas that is really doing a lot of the legwork and She's more of a character than he ever was, and I, I thought it would have been really cool to kind of send her off on like a high note. Have have a little have a brief redemption arc for her. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> uh, Fuck anticip- him. Anticipating Spider-Man being a wrench in the grand master plan, uh, Professor Monster orders Amazonas to not return if she fails. Um. Claiming to uh, have business with Spider-Man, Amazonas appears at the uh, house, the household of the Yamashiro family, uh, where Takuya was recovering and eating with his family. Uh, Goons beat him down, and despite his best efforts to hold him off, Hitomi is taken and held hostage by the Iron Cross army, and they expect Spider-Man to come for her. In the second half of this final episode, uh... Spider-Man is running along cliffs towards the bound Hitomi uh, and reaches her. She's just there on the cliffside uh, and begins to free her. It's actually Amazonus in disguise. And the real Hitomi is down on the shore below. Uh, He fends off the troops surrounding her and begins descending uh, to reach her. And once he reaches back to the top, uh, he begins to shake and convulse while Amazonas taunts him with the knowledge of his secret identity. She poisoned Takuya earlier when she struck him uh, at, at the home, and it is now only beginning to take effect. She says she intends to send him to hell, uh, but she doesn't know that he's the emissary. Uh, <laughs> she whips him and beats him and casts him down into the ocean below, where a firing squad opens fire on him and he doesn't resurface. She thinks herself victorious, and uh, when Spider-Man comes up for air after she's left the premises, he notes that he cannot die until he has claimed vengeance for his father and Garia. Let's go! Garia and like has the other been 30 a factor in have 40 episodes, but whatever. Fuck Yasuke, How- whatever. Powered entirely by spite and revenge. Let's go. Like I, I, Spider-Man I, calls to his dead father for strength, 
and his healing ability enables him to proceed on his quest for vengeance. I just want to mention shit. real quick uh, th that that entire sequence, in, in my opinion, kind of caps off a very subtle arc because half of the show, they'll be the Iron Cross Army will be like this Takia guy. He keeps showing up, and then Spider Man appears, and Amazonas is like, "Hold on a minute, I think this guy might be Spider Man." But every single time, Professor Monster is just like, "No, that guy's an idiot. Just, just find <laughs> Spider Man." And so I, I, I do like the scene because. Amazonas does get the satisfaction of being like, I was right for like 30 episodes. Mm -hmm. No, it couldn't have been him. He wasn't fucked up about Yasuke. Classic Yasuke. Uh, finding a beeping piece of metal on the ground, uh, Spider-Man recognizes it as Amazonas' bracelet, or one of her bracelets, and reverse engineers a kind of signal transponder out of it to track her down. Meanwhile, Professor Monster uh, congratulates Amazonas on the death of Spider-Man before Spider-Man is picked up on a monitor. In a fit of rage, Professor Monster tells his girls to prepare for takeoff and orders Amazonas out of his way. Uh, and a, after a brief scuffle, Amazonas is fired upon by the girls with bows and arrows, uh, taking her down. Uh, in a final act of retribution with her dying breaths, she steals the escape rocket. Yeah, she just gets in the rocket away. and flies away. Fuck y'all. Take this. Uh, a laser strikes the rocket and it explodes. Yeah, she, she gets in the rocket and then it flies away only to immediately, like two seconds later, fucking blow up. It was instantly. manufactured by SpaceX. It's, it's a, exactly, it's one of Elon's rockets. It's so funny. And then oh, immediately, no. Spider-Man's like, I'm here, I'm gonna kick your ass. Oh, yeah, here we are. No, no pretense, nothing. Spider-Man is here. He claims himself in front of Professor Monster as the Iron Cross killer, and he's here for vengeance. Uh, we see one of the largest group of Iron Cross soldiers we've ever seen, and of course, he quickly dispatches them because, they, uh, yeah, why not? Uh, he dodges dozens of bullets uh, and casts Rita down a cliff. But then he catches an arrow in the chest. He rips it out and gets the drop on Belle, also just kind of throwing her to the side, but not down a cliff. The wounded Spider-Man moves in on Professor Monster, and they uh, exchange a final face-to-face -face final dialogue for our fight sequence. Professor Monster swings his giant rod around until Spider-Man disarms him. Then Professor Monster goes, Big Monster! And grows gigantic himself. Yeah, he could just he could just always do that. But then you know <laughs> he, he realized that you know he would instantly get his ass kicked by uh, Leopardon. He, he just screams that and gets big. That's big um, so Spider-Man calls Marveler and links up one final time via GP7. Uh, they fire cannons on Big Monster. I've been notating Professor Monster this whole time as PM. I have BM here. I just wanted to point that out. It's a big Monster. Um, before he fires eyeball beams at them with his face laser. Uh, they change Leopardon one final time, and using sword vigor, destroy the leader of the Iron Cross army for good. His long and arduous battle over, Spider-Man unmasks to become Takuya Yamashiro one more time. Uh, he, he does the same thing that, uh, that Nicholas Hammond does, where he pulls the mask over his head. Except he doesn't make a fucking clockwork orange face after and go hee 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 into a mirror. 
Uh, no, he, he does. He does a nice somber pose out here looking at the sunset on the rocks. He speaks to his dead father and Garia and claims his defeat over the Iron Cross army. Professor Monster is, it, is dead. I think you mean his his victory over the Iron Cross army. Oh, fuck. Yeah, no, he, he claims. Yeah, he claims victory. He claims them to have been defeated. Thank you, tired Alex, who wrote this. Sorry. Uh, Professor Monster is dead and he can finally know peace. That's the end. That's that's fucking that's it. it. It's over now. We get that whistly ass theme song and that's it. That is yeah, we didn't grand. Like the theme song to that this show. Uh, that's it's, it's, you know, nice and jazzy and somber. Do, 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 do. Uh, that is Toei Spider-Man. Oh, my uh, God. The, 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 the gist of it, anyway. The very beginning, chunks of the middle, and the very end. You're not just missing much it. It's already going to be the longest. It's already going to be the longest episode of the season so That's far. That's fine. I've had the most to say about this, and I fucking loved it. It's a lot yeah. to say. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoy this show a lot. I think it's great. Uh, Alex, do you, what, what, do you, what, are your, what are your humorous fun facts? I've got a, a quick little few chunks of trivia here. Uh, while maybe not super intentional, um, Amazonist civilian identity Seiko Yoshida is essentially a gender flipped version of J. Jonah Jameson. I, I had that in my notes. I was going to say it's interesting that Takuya's girlfriend has the reporter thing taken from Peter and that Amazonist's alter ego is essentially J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we mentioned, this Toei produced TV Tokatsu. <laughs> Tokats- How do you say that? Tokusatsu? Tokusatsu, yeah. You think yeah. I would have pr- read that and tried to pronounce it before the live read, but whatever. Uh, this version of the famous Marvel superhero was part of a deal that Marvel made with Toei. For four years, Toei could adopt any of Marvel's characters. The resulting uh, series were this and Battle Fever J, which we mentioned, loose adaptation of Captain America, followed by two more shows, uh, Denshi Sentai Denzimen and Taiyo Sentai Sun Vulcan, oh, yeah. featuring Marvel Comics group in the credits. But oddly enough, no Marvel characters are used in these shows. The popularity yep. of this series likely led to Spider-Man becoming one of the most popular Marvel superheroes in Japan. And while Marvel movies dominate global box offices no matter what, in Japan they are almost always beaten in popularity by domestic properties, such as when Detective Conan beat Endgame. Spider-Man films, on the other hand, continue to always be a big draw at Japanese box office. Let's go. I'd love to see it. And if I remember correctly, uh, Stan Lee originally wanted to, like before Power Rangers was even a glint in Saban's eye, uh, Stanley wanted to bring over uh, Sun Vulcan to America on like, I think HBO, like he wanted to put right. like really early HBO and put it on American TV. Uh, but yeah, did you see that dingy man uh, and Sun Vulcan? Those were all Marvel uh, cosigns, even though there's no Marvel characters in them. And Battle yeah. Fever J is, it has nothing to do with Captain America, except the he idea would, um... of Miss America. You would think with the peak crossover these days of like us existing in a society of maximum weebitude and comic books being more mainstream than ever that they do something with those properties, but we'll see. Who knows? Super Sentai is just, especially because Sentai is so tied up in Power Rangers, uh, all of the stuff that came before uh, Zhu Ranger, which was turned into the first season of Power Rangers, all the stuff that came before that that's sort of a, a, a gray area for America 
Uh, Shout Factory is in the midst of doing re of doing American releases of those shows on DVD. They're slowly sort of making their way through. Uh, I think first they're doing all the shows that uh, were turned into Power Rangers, and then going back from there. Uh, and you know they're trying to make inroads. With, is Common Rider getting like any sort of release at all? They're trying to make inroads. Uh, there's a, a Twitter account. They have an official Twitter account. It's called, I think it's called Team Common Rider of trying to make inroads in the Western world, the English speaking world of uh, trying to get Common Rider, you know, to a broader public. Right. And, you know, if you watch this, you know, again, it's free on archive.org. Uh, you can watch the whole series and the movie as well. Uh, if you like that, this show, watch Common Rider, watch Super Sentai. They're all really, really great. Um, <clears throat> speaking of uh, Stanley that we said earlier, despite the extensive liberties that the show takes with the characters of Spider-Man, Stanley loved this show, and yeah. it is in no way treated as an old shame by Marvel. Uh, as a matter of fact, as we mentioned, Takuya would go on to meet appear in the mainline Spider-Man comics. Giant Robot and all is a major supporting character in the 2014 Spider-Verse story arc, and uh, I've seen multiple sources on the internet uh through my research apparently it's claimed as fact that he's going to be in uh across the spider-verse which i leaving the theater i said to nicola i think japanese spider-man should be in this uh like when they first did like the the teaser for across the spider-verse they had like all those different versions of like the logo and they had been all different kinds of styles and one of them was very much inspired by the logo of this show so I th I think it's gonna happen. I would love. I, to I see really it. hope so. I, I want really everybody so. to be as familiar with Takuya as they are Spider Ham. That would be the the ultimate end goal for me. And it's still very funny to me that the this the Japanese show that takes incredible liberties with the character, uh, basically has nothing to do with him on paper, uh, other mm -hmm. than the fact that he's called Spider Man and has the same basic abilities, uh is much more beloved by Marvel and Stan Lee than the American television show that <laughs> tries to be a little closer to the character. It's very funny to me. What can you do? Uh, the series is not related in any way to the earlier Spider-Man manga by uh, Ryoichi Ikigami, although it did have oh, a few manga adaptations. Oh, is it? I'm, I'm not familiar outside of reading about it here. Like, uh, I, 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 don't mean, I don't mean it's, like, bad. It's just, like, there's one terrifying image where Spider-Man takes off his mask and it's just, like, this decrepit skeleton. Oh. Very cool. Uh, it did have a few manga adaptations that were published in different children's magazines. Incidentally, uh, Spider-Man's giant robot Leopardon did make it to the United States as part of the Gokaiden toy line, Producers uh, originally wanted to make a series faithful to the famous web slinger's origins, but Bandai, one of the sponsors, uh, told the studio to add a giant robot, as giant robots yep. were all the rage in Japan. And the producers met their demand with complete incredulity, and they reluctantly rewrote the entire origin for the show completely to factor in a giant robot. Uh, I think, if I remember correctly, Toei or... I don't remember which way it is, like, or vice versa. I think either Toei has a stake in Bandai or Bandai has a stake in Toei. Uh, they're, they're tied at the hip. They're very, they work together a lot. They're very, very close. 
Yeah, yeah, that's Toei makes all the toys for all the uh, Bandai makes all the toys for the Toei shows. Uh, They have a very, very close relationship. So, Uh, you know, then Bandai having an influence in the writer's room is not terribly uncommon for these shows. Just to give context, all of these tokusatsu shows live and die by their toy sales. Like, yes, like these shows could be incredibly popular. But if those toys aren't selling, they're going off. It's exact. It's it's like it's like Transformers. At, yeah. at their core, they exist for to sell toys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is pretty clear. But I, uh, you know, what can you do? It's a lot of fun outside of that. Um. Finally, as I mentioned earlier, uh, the actual Leopardon suit was stolen at a point in production. So later battle scenes involving it were recycled from earlier episode footage. And some of the transformation scenes were actually achieved by using the official Leopardon toy that Bondi was selling at the time. Fuck, dude's rock. Love to see it. Yeah. So, you know, way to film a commercial, right? I mean, but uh, that's what I got for uh, for trivia this week. All right. Wouldn't it be crazy if, like, in a year or two, like, that suit is found? I mean, probably like, not. That's 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 my my guess is that it's probably not because most of the materials that they use, obviously, you know, oh, toy yeah. kit things, toy kit things, pretty cheap and notoriously Japanese companies, uh, including like video game companies, are notoriously bad at keeping records. Uh, so, and, you know, like a lot of other, even with old Hollywood costumes, like the Ninja Turtle costumes from like the nineties, uh, that should probably like rotted away, but maybe they have a helmet somewhere, somewhere. Yeah. It was destroyed with hammers for our protection. Like, like Chuck E. Cheese. Yes, exactly. Uh, (laughs) all right. So I guess we can talk about sort of our overall thoughts here. Uh, I can go first. Uh, I really, really enjoyed this show. It's I only watched six episodes. I want to watch the rest of it. Uh, this was really, really fun. I, like I said, I love these sort of these fun toku shows. And I'm, I'm really happy that this is of the, the fun quality that it has. Uh, yeah, go watch the show. Like I said, about a million times. I'll, I'll put a link in the description uh, of this episode on podcast services or on YouTube. Uh, you can watch the whole series on archive.org for free. Uh, it's it, the, the world is your oyster. Go watch Spider-Man. Uh, Alex, do you got anything? Yeah, um, this was more of a just, you know, a fun footnote than anything. Like a lot of what we've covered this season is for me. Uh, but I am very, very glad I took the time to uh, check it out. Um, I have already rewatched the first episode with a couple different groups of people just to be like, hey, check this shit out. Look what I'm watching this week. Um, It's a lot of fun. I do think uh, if I have some downtime over the next few weeks with my partner once in a while, I'm just going to be like, hey, how about some Spider-Man, huh? What do you you think? What do you think? Uh Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I look forward to finding out more about it and sending you and Brian the errant, okay, what the fuck is this text about, <laughs> like, some of the creatures? Um, it's it's a lot of fun. I'm glad it exists. I'm glad it's as goofy as it is. And I am very thankful for its balls-to-the-wall, no-fucks-given Spider-Man-ness. It is what it is, and there is nothing else like it. I can very confidently say that. 
There's a lot like it, actually, but there's nothing like it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Brian, what, what, do you, what do you got here? Uh, I was just going to say, uh, with this show and, you know, like, the hundreds of other toku shows like it, like, from Western sensibilities, it is very strange. But I, I, the one thing I really want to stress and the one thing I hope you guys and other people got out of it is that, yes, it is strange and stupid in many respects, but... For the time, this show was, you know, it, it, it was it was really good. Like, um, we, we were talking about, you know, Sentai earlier. Um, you know, giant robots didn't start showing up in Sentai until either right after or, like, just shortly after, you know, like, it stopped premiering. Like, you, yes. you, can, th- you can thank this show for the Megazords. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- this show, this show, because it was so successful, they had the giant robot uh, that that ended up going into Battle Fever J, which was the first Sentai that had a giant robot. And for a while, having the giant robot was what differentiated the Sentai from the earlier two Sentai, uh, Go Ranger and Jaka. Uh, that was what differentiated them. And but now they've been folded in; they've been brought into the fold. Uh, but yeah, that's absolutely true. It, with without Supai Demand, we would not have Megazords, or you know, the I I would say I would probably argue even the a lot of the 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 popularity of of giant robots in America. Yeah, I would agree. The the Spider Man to Evangelion pipeline. Exactly. Uh, you're you're not but, wrong. But yeah, I think uh, I think we all really really enjoyed this show. It's it was a lot of fun. Yeah, but watch, just yeah. watch the pilot episode with your friends one night if you're if you're drunk and you're looking for something to put on. It's twenty minutes. It's fucking great. Yeah, it's twenty uh, minutes. It it goes by really fast. It's it's a lot of fun. There there's another great episode. Um, I don't think you guys got to it. If there's one episode I absolutely recommend people watching, it's an episode. I forget what the episode, what the number is, but it features a detective who dresses up as a cowboy and plays the guitar everywhere, but the guitar is also a machine gun. Yeah. That sounds so up my alley. It hurts, Brian. It's great stuff. It's great stuff. You'll love to see it. Uh, but yeah, that is, uh, that's our show. Uh, thank you so much for listening. If you got a question or a comment that you want us to read on next week's episode, be sure to send it to us at our email address. Spidey Signals Podcast at gmail.com. Or you can shoot us a DM on our Twitter at Spidey Signals. I repeat, that is at Spidey Signals. Follow us there. You can DM us. It'll be fun. Next week, we're going to be talking about uh, something very different. You know, we had this episode, which was kind of long. Uh, you know, it's not the longest episode we've done. But uh, next week, we're going to take some, get something real short, real sweet, something nice and, and easy. We're going to be talking about. The Amazing Adventures of Spider-Man, the theme park ride at Universal Studios Islands of Adventure. Uh, that's going to be a lot of fun because that ride, I really love that ride. We we ha bringing that back. Uh, so yeah, until then, stay responsible. Uh, bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ow! Get the mom, get the mom, get the